You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan, and I've kept my panties on. And I'm Mark, and I'm not wearing any underwear. <laughs> it's a classy show we've got here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're back with the one after the Super Bowl, part two, for 99% of the fan base. Yeah. Or the second half of the one Americans watched when it aired as one Joel episode. Yeah. Well, th- th- this is one of only a, a handful, like, like two or three episodes, where the actual episode title has no relevance to what happens in the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so, so yeah, the, the one after the Super Bowl, unless you watched it at the time, now you're like, the one after the Super Bowl? What does that mean? Which yeah. Super Bowl? Like, I assumed it was the Geller Cup when I read it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is odd, because uh, the day of recording, today is Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, is it? It is. Okay. It is the actual Super Bowl today, which I'm not going to stay up and watch because I'm working tomorrow. No. Um, I always like watching the Super Bowl, but like most people who aren't massive NFL fans, I'm more excited for the trailers and the halftime content uh, yep. than I am for the game. I like the NFL. I just don't have a team. I don't like the NFL because I tried to play Madden 94 on the Mega Drive years back (laughs) and you'd walk a step forward and then the whistle would blow and then it'd be like, right, everyone needs to position again. And then you'd position, kick the ball and you'd walk a step forward and the whistle would blow. And I'm like, I I don't know what's going on. I don't get this game. Just let me play. Got to have to hike the ball and then you can move. NFL is, my American football is a really simple sport for the most part, to follow. Like, the intricacies of it aren't, but the basics of you've got, you know, four attempts to move the ball 10 yards, and if you fail to do so, you turn the ball over, and then they, the other team have their go. It's actually really, really simple. See, I just expect to be like rugby, of like, cool, they've got the ball and they're going for it, and if they get stopped, they're stopped, but it, NFL seems more complicated than that. I guess rugby would be, it's up to the players on the pitch to try and get the ball forward and work out how best to do that. Yeah. Whereas American football is very much the coach and the quarterback have set plays and set like plans they're going to do. And that's how you win a game because your coach has got the best plays, even though there can't be that many variations of throwing or running with a football. Okay. Um, but that, that's the difference, I guess, where it's all, it's all positional and you stop and start, whereas rugby's just... Go, go, go. And I, I think we can talk about this when we do the Geller Cup thing, can't we? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of insight from you. Yeah, I mean, it's a good sport. Don't get me wrong. It just, it, especially the Super Bowl, it takes six hours to play an hour-long game. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I'm looking forward to is the Lord of the Rings Amazon series TV trailer. That's dropping in the middle of Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Um, which I'm very excited for because it could be cool. It's all set during the second age. So you're going to have what's got a relatively young Elrond. I'm very nerd excited, basically. Well, yeah, like uh, I've seen some of the, the adverts that come out because some of them do make their way over here via the internet. But I, they're, they're very American, a lot of them. Uh, so I, I don't know how much relevance a lot of them have to us. Like Sometimes they work as memes and things, but other times you're like, oh, that's local brand that doesn't exist here. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of memes that me and my, I guess, fans of American sports share, like my friends who all like hockey, but like 15 seconds could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Because <laughs> yes. you see the Geico advert all the time. Yeah. Or like, we are farmers, bum, 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 bum. And there's loads of dumb American adverts that we're just used to seeing from watching American sport. But most of the adverts are just like, are you in the tri-state area? Rent your lease, rent your, lease your car now. And you're like, I don't care. But they use it now to just hype up TV shows and Oh, films. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there have been like big film trailers and announcements, haven't there, so... I was teasing my friend Heather because Eminem's doing the halftime performance. Oh, really? And I was like, closest to try. I got to a Super Bowl in a while. And she was like, actually, that's when we hosted it for Super Bowl, whatever. And I was like, oh, but I'm not getting there as a team. <laughs> well, I won't be watching the Super Bowl, but I have been watching, before, before we actually get into the episode, I've been watching uh, Seinfeld, as, as 
some of you may know if you've been listening to these you know, since the beginning. And more and more Friends actors are appearing in it. And I'm, I'm convinced that Seinfeld and Friends are in the shared universe. Okay. So we had uh, Maggie Wheeler, mm-hmm. Janice. So she was in an episode. And we've had uh, Mr. Krieger. He was in an episode of Seinfeld that I've watched. And he worked at uh, a used clothes store where like, they, they buy and sell clothes. And then, you know, we, we have Monica, Courtney Cox. She's actually in an episode of Seinfeld. Crazy. And, you know, she's like going on a date with, with Seinfeld and stuff. And, yeah, I'm more and more convinced now that Seinfeld and Friends is like a shared universe. Like they must live around the corner from each other sort of thing. Uh, and, and it's interesting to see like these Friends characters. Like so the, the episode with Courtney Cox in it is literally about six months before Friends first aired. Okay. So it's like interesting going, oh, wow, like she was like trying to be in a show that's like Friends in, in a sense. Like, okay, she's only in it for, for one episode and so is Mr. Krieger. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to see, oh, they're in it. And you can, you can almost see their characters. Like it's not, they're not playing the same parts, but obviously an actor is generally playing. Yeah, there's elements of themselves in every yeah, role. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, I, I definitely think, and it's a shame that, that Seinfeld doesn't appear in Friends. I guess. I mean, I have this weird dislike of Seinfeld as a, as a man. Well, yeah, we, we've discussed this previously. Um, it just we? bugs me for some reason. Um, but I've never watched it. I should give it a go. It's, it's getting better. I'm on season four or five at this point. It's getting better. It's not, it's not Friends-level classic. Like, I, I don't want to watch them again. Fair. Whereas Friends, yeah, definitely would. Although, had I seen uh, the one with the Super Bowl part one and part two as my first introduction... I don't know if I'd want to watch Friends based on these two episodes. I mean, if I saw it as a whole, I would probably watch Friends. If I saw them individually, part one, no, I'm not watching Friends ever again. No. Part two, I'll definitely watch Friends and, again. And I think we'll discuss that at the end of, of our run through of this, I guess. Yeah. But we start outside again, and I was like, Mark will be happy. We're not, we're not yeah. in the apartment of Central Park. As the gang attempt to get back onto the set of Marcel's movie. Apparently, it's rather easy to do, and Joey angles for a part in the movie. Well, yeah, I, I guess we should step back slightly and just say what the cliffhanger was. Of course, you could, you could just listen to our previous episode. No, I assume that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. like you're here for part two. Where were you for part well, one? Well, there are a lot of people who are joining us now, and they, this might be their first episode. Uh, so, yeah, we, we end with them finding out Marcel is on a film set. Yep. And they go to the film set and see him, and it's, oh, what's going to happen now? Which is pretty lame of a cliffhanger. It is. And it's that classic thing we always talk about where Friends isn't very good at telling you how much time has passed. No. So when you watch these episodes back to back, it seems like no time's passed. But it's clear from the episode a few minutes later that this isn't the same day as the first time they discovered Marcel there. They've clearly been back and forth a few times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you watch them back to back, you're like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like, what's going on? Well, yeah, because I, I assume this played in in one go when it was was on TV. Probably an ad break in there. Yeah, um, and yeah, so we're we're back on the film set now, and you know they're they're going to meet up with Marcel. Excuse me, folks. This is a uh... closed set. We know, but we're friends with the monkey. Oh. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, pal. Look who I brought. It's your old friend, Harry Elefante. <laughs> Oh, hey. dude. <laughs> I don't get it. He seemed so happy to see me yesterday. Hey, don't take it personal. He's under a lot of pressure. You know, starring in a movie and all. <laughs> now, just how big of a star is Marcel? In human terms, I'd say Sybil Shepherd. Whoa! Whoa. 
So, you guys in the movie, or you just really paranoid? Hey, Sal. Mm -hmm. Jerry wants to know if the monkey's ready for the subway stunt. Uh, excuse me. Jerry is the director? Which one's he? One in the director's chair. Gotcha. Thieves, walk with me. Okay. Um, how come I'm walking with you? Well, we're, we're just going over here so that we can get away from the horrible flesh-eating virus. For the love of God, woman, listen to me. Is he looking? Is he looking? Look, this isn't a funny start to an episode. No. It, it's very corny. Mm -hmm. I do like the way Joey is like, yes, I'm, I'm going to make my own luck here. I'm going to get in front of the director right away. Like, we, we've got through the set. Yeah, go for it. I mean, these are the kind of stories that sound ridiculous, but you hear them a lot in Hollywood. Yes. Like, Terry Crews was a giant hench dude on the set of Training Day in the background, and, and someone's like, wait, you come, you come forward, you look cool, you yeah, yeah. look scary. <laughs> and then that led to something else and something else and something else. And I mean, obviously, he tussled a lot and worked hard before that. Yes. But it's just the kind of the weird happenstance that you get in Hollywood a lot. So, Joey doing this, I'm like, fair play, go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Although his acting is absolutely terrible. <laughs> where you, like, you know, okay, he's. He's, he's been on the soap, you know, so he's, he's Dr. Drake Marore, like, but even then, like, this is terrible acting from him. It is. I, I really enjoy how kind of meta the idea is that Matt LeBlanc had to act acting poorly. Yes. Um, it must be a unique challenge, I guess, because everyone else just gets to act their character and they never have to kind of stop acting, whereas to act that you can't act must be quite difficult. Well, yeah, we've, we've discussed this previously, I'm sure, and it and it's... Maybe he's acting himself, like he's always been a terrible actor. Like I, I don't think he has, because he's, he's, he was in quite a few things before Friends. Like he was in a Coke advert. That's a great Coke advert. Look at it as Joey. It is so cheesy. Yeah. But at the same time, it's great. It's perfect. And then obviously he was in Mad with Children for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Like he, he is playing his life and that's kind of tough. Like, yeah, he's got a lot to work with. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know how I feel about the, the start of all this especially as they're wandering around the whole set no one cares that they're wandering around no it's so easy to get on this set like yeah. oh, could i try that next time in Haley's time fills in town could i be like i'm friends with Haley, and they yeah. go okay on you go yeah. <laughs> like, we've never met before but i'm just gonna blag my way in because my understanding of most sets is like once they're set up and the actors are on like they're they're rolling they're not like hey yeah just everyone's just hanging out for a couple of hours just chilling it's no, the actors are only on set because they're about to film now. Yeah, especially on location. Like, if you're on a soundstage, like, yeah, they'll be faffing around all day, setting yeah. a trailer, being bored. But if you're on location, I imagine a lot of it is pretty much shooting or go home. Yeah. Like, I, wouldn't, I can't imagine them being much hanging around, but because the time, like, you've been to New York. Yep. Did, you, did you pass any live sets on the streets? Nope. Oh, so, so when I went, there was lots of places where I went down and there'll be signs on the... the, the light posts saying like if you enter this area you are going to be on camera you're going to be on an episode of this tv show um because we're just we're filming in the streets because like they can't just shut off new york no and certain areas so they a lot of the time they are just filming on the streets and sometimes they might be like right we're doing something here where people can't enter and you have to go around but you could still be in the background somewhere. Right, that's it. Next time I go to New York, I'm going to find out what's shooting and where. There's loads of them. And I'm just going to take my hair down and like get myself looking pretty and just <laughs> like sashay through the streets and try and see how many shows I can get onto. So, so there's been two that I've been like sort of in the background of. One was in San Francisco. It was at the top of, you know, the, the famous Windy Street? I forget its name. Mm -hmm. uh, at the top of there, they were filming an advert. And so like I was like, cool, I get to watch this. This is, this is fun. And I don't know what it was an advert for. Something weird. And the other time was for... The film, I think it's called The Bodyguard, with Ryan Reynolds. 
it's, a no, it's not a very good film. It came out about four or five years ago. Oh, it's the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes, it, there we go. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was filming in Amsterdam. And so I was there for lots of it where we was on a bridge and they had a boat scene coming down and they were filming like literally about 100 yards up the river. So in the background, all you can see is just all these people kind of staring. Like if you watch the, the film, they've very cleverly like tried to cut as many people as possible. Yeah. But there are scenes where you can see just lines of people just staring. Can, ooh. Uh, and, and I was on one, one actual tour boat that was going around and it was going past the, the famous cathedral that's in the red light district. Mm-hmm. And they were filming outside there. And the, the boat tour was like, we have to be quiet now because they're filming, but we don't care because we're not part of their film. So we can be loud as possible. <laughs> We should be quiet, but we won't be. But yeah, so it's it's interesting, like on set stuff. Like they can't always just lock away people and have to remove them with CG or film around them or whatever. So yeah, if you're at New York again, hunt around. There's, there's always stuff going on, right? Sneak into sneak into a show. Yeah, yeah could exactly. be my big break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, fair warning going ahead. All of the clips we play in this episode are going to be quite long. Um, it's an episode that jumps around quite a lot. So to try and fit stuff in, it's occasionally a case of I was sat there trying to edit these clips down to size going, nope, can't cut yet. Nope, that bit's important. That bit's funny. And it was either have 50 really short clips or a few longer ones. And I was like, you know, I'll go for some longer ones. I, I think everyone here is a Friends fan. They're not going to be fine with that. I just, yeah, yeah just, just fair warning. <laughs> there are some times where you may forget you're listening to watching Friends and just think you're listening to Friends. But still. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cold open, I guess you would say. I mean, not the official you know movie term, but it's not exciting. It's like, no, oh, we're carrying on, I guess. Like, and as, a, as as I said earlier, like the cliffhanger is like, oh, there's Marcel. What's going to happen next? Oh, they get on the set. Oh, it's resolved. Yeah, well, pretty, pretty much at this point. Like it's yeah, they they didn't even really tease it that much. No, but uh, after the credits roll, uh, the opening titles, we see a makeup artist storm out of a trailer. She's upset, and it's none other than Julia Roberts who I would say has to be the biggest star they've had so far on the show, Mark. Would you agree? Yeah, the, I, did, I said this to you off air. So a lot of 90s like TV stars to me, I was kind of like too young to really care about them. Yeah. So like Arnold Schwarzenegger for me, like absolutely huge fan, like because of what he had been in in the 90s. But like Julia Roberts, like I never watched anything that she was in, really. I remember being like aware of her. Um, but not not the point. I guess retroactively, I'm way more aware of how big star she is yeah. and became than maybe she was then. Um, but in terms of I guess looking at it retroactively, because I can't really remember what I thought of her at the time. Um, she's, in my opinion, she's the biggest star the show's had so far. Because when I think of like Robin Williams, who comes in later on and stuff like that, like they were bigger. I would probably say after Friends in some ways. Whereas Julia Roberts is not someone I would think of going to see in a film now. I think like late 90s, early 2000s, you know, all of our like Hugh Grant movies and Evan Brockovich and that kind of stuff. Which I wouldn't watch, She's, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for a rom-com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Evan Brockovich is a fantastic film, to be fair. Uh, it's based on a true story about a female lawyer, but not from Futurama. Just <laughs> 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 he basically takes on, I think she's actually a full-fledged attorney at the start, but she takes on the cases of people that have been harmed by like corporate negligence, basically, and fights the course. Um, and it, she's most famous for wearing a push-up bra and her boobs spilling out for most of the film. Okay. Um, but mostly because men are dumb. Like she'll go to her, like somewhere she can't get into, and her boobs are spilling out. And then the guy in the desk is like, "Ooh, hello, pretty lady. Okay, I'll break the rules for you." And she's just like, "Yeah, men are dumb." But it's it's a great film. There's even a TV series about the same real life woman uh, called Rebel on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. That style stars Katie Segal. So oh, okay. Linking to Futurama yeah. again, but 
No, it's, yeah, she's she's she was definitely a big star. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Like I would describe her when I was a teenager, I guess, as like my mum's favorite movie star. Um, she kind of had that vibe. Yeah, I, I feel if you were a kid that was born in the nineties or the two thousands, now you'd be like Julia Who, mm. and like yeah, she's she's still a, a big name, but not in the kind of the blockbuster Marvel sort of sort of way. Yeah, I'd probably say she's most famous for Pretty Woman. Yes, probably being a biggest role. Again, good film. But, but 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 definitely a, a, the type of films that she's in fit a certain demographic. Yes, definitely. It's a uh, very much. I guess it's made for your mum. <laughs> Would be the way. Uh, but Julie Roberts spots a Chandler in the wild making some jokes, and uh, goes to say hello while we see Monica becoming starstruck. Excuse me. Nah. <laughs> uh, is your name Chandler? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Chandler Bing. Do you know me, or are you just really good at this game? I'm Susie Moss. Fourth grade, glasses. I used to carry around a box of animal crackers like a purse. Susie Moss? <laughs> right, yeah, wow. You look... Great job growing up. It's nice to see you're not still wearing that denim cap with all the little mirrors on it. Oh, right, yeah, well, I graduated fourth grade and realized I wasn't a pimp. <laughs> Remember the class play? You you pulled up my skirt in the entire auditorium, saw my underpants. <laughs> <laughs> yes, back then I uh, used humor as a defense mechanism. Thank God I don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What, 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 what? Jean-Claude Van Damme. I didn't know he was in this movie. He is so hot. You think? The muscles from Brussels? Wham Bam Van Dam? Did you see Time Cop? No. Was he any good in it? Rachel, he like totally changed time. Wow. So why don't you go talk to him? Oh, yeah. What? So you go over there, you tell him you think he's cute? What's the worst that could happen? He could hear me. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm doing it for you. Oh, Rachel, don't, don't you dare. Don't. Don't. Tell him I cook. Time cop. Time cop. <laughs> time cop. That, that's the film they go with. Okay. Right. Well, let's step back from Time Cop <laughs> okay. and talk about John Claude Van Damme. All right. JVCD. The, the muscles from Brussels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I I have knowledge of him from Time Cop and other films in, in the 90s, like Street Fighter, the movie. Oh, I mean, which, of all the, the movies to, to know John Claude Van Damme for, that is not the one. No. That, well, that is the one I know him for because it's... In some ways, it's a terrible film. It's also a cult classic in a lot of ways. It is. It had, uh, uh, I forget what his name is from Adam's Family. No, Rue, Ru, Ru, not Rue Giuliani. I want to say Giuliani. It's not Giuliani. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, it's going to annoy me now because his bison is the reason I yes, love that movie. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he he was um, in the Adam's Family. You're 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 looking up the name right now for us. Yeah, it doesn't want to work. Raul. Julia. There we go, Raul Julia. So yeah, he he was in the Avatar. Absolutely perfect actor for that. <laughs> he's amazing. He, he, he's such an amazing actor. It's a shame he got kind of found later on in life. Uh, and Street Fighter, the movie, was his last film ever because he had stomach cancer. And he was dying at the time of that film. But he's like, I want to do this film to, to make my kids happy. And he, he totally understood this was a stupid film. It's based on a video game yep. about people fighting and they have like, they can fire electric bolts or there's a guy who can like stretch his arms, and he knew it was silly, and he played up to it, and he was perfect. Mm-hmm. Van Damme comes in, he plays it seriously. 
Not to mention Kylie Minogue. And Kylie Minogue as well, yes. <laughs> That's cameo, I think she's supposed yes, to yes. be. Slip, though. Yeah, so it's, it is an odd film. You watch it now and go, this is absolutely terrible. They don't know if they want to play it straight or, or silly. Yeah. And, yeah, so it, it's, it, I think it's a film that people know him for because it does stand out as this weird film that he's in. He's, and he is the main star in it. I did own it on VHS at one point. Okay. It was a film I watched a lot. <laughs> don't know why it was no. terrible, but... What's weird about it is as far as adapting a, a, I guess, a fighting movie into a fighting game into a movie goes, it is awful, but it's probably one of the better ones in the sense of overall enjoyment. Like yes. the Mortal Kombat movies were meh. The first one's fine. Yeah, the last one was terrible. The new right. one's awful. Um, but what I find really weird about it is if I say Street Fighter to you, who are the main characters? Pick two characters. You're going to have Bison. Yeah, right. And then... I'd probably say uh, Ryu or Ken. Yeah. So you've got Ryu or Ken. I would normally say Ryu or Chun-Li, being there with the yeah, two characters. Yeah, yeah. And then this movie goes, no, the stars of the movies are Guile and Kami. Yeah. And Ryu and Ken are in it. They just kind of mess around like two kind of point break bros. Yeah. And they're just in it. And I'm always like, this movie's so weird because you picked, you clearly just went, he can't be Ryu or Ken, so he'll have to be Guile. And so he's the star of the movie, so we'll base it around him. Yeah. Just odd choice of a Street Fighter film. Yeah. And, you know, Time Cop. <laughs> like... I think I've seen Time Cop. But... But but to talk about his films, all his films are kind of, they're trying to be like maybe like a Jackie Chan or an Arnold Schwarzenegger type film, but he's not a good enough actor to do those roles. And they're, they're almost like B or C tier films. They're, they're never good enough to propel him. No, I think the only movie I'd say he's had where it would be like an A quality movie would be Bloodsport. Okay. Um, which is actually based on, oh, what's it, the guy's real name? There was a guy who basically... Appeared out of nowhere, did martial arts, claimed he went to the Kumite, which is like super secret fight to the death martial art tournament that only happens once every like 20 years in a secret underground part of China. <laughs> and like this giant elaborate like theory. And it turns out it was all fake. And he invented his own martial art, which was later realized to be useless. And it's an actual thing. The actual story is amazing if you have a like, right. chance to look into it. But he plays supposedly, John Cumberland plays that man's proposed attempt of the tournament. Okay. Um, but. It is just John Claude Van Damme kicking people for 90 minutes, but it's very aggressive, very violent. You kind of can't help but get into it. It's actually a decent film. Because I think a lot of people know John Claude Van Damme as being the guy who does the splits and, and certain fighting moves a lot. Like, that's his thing. Yep, spinning back kick, he does a yep. lot. Yep, and I don't know if you can really live off that, but obviously he's managed to somehow. I mean, Dave, I mean, the, I guess for like all kind of 80s and 90s action fans, we had the Expendable movies come out in the, the mid-2000s, yes. where it was just kind of like a last hurrah for a lot of the action stars. For like stars. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, yeah. all that. And by the, by the third one, you'd basically had everyone on the list, including Van Damme. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, whose name was like Villain, and he was just, he was just called Villain, basically. Right. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. And, and I guess that's the thing, like him and, and Steven Seagal, like, they kind of feel like the same niche to me. Kind of just these martial art fighting movies where they're always going to win and they're not great actors but it's the fighting you're you're watching yeah i almost feel bad that he gets put in the same category as steven seagal but only because steven seagal went mental and yeah. insane and just fake aikido videos all over the place like <laughs> i mean i don't know if i've mentioned before but i love kung fu movies i love martial art movies especially kind of classic hong kong cinema stuff so i get annoyed when i watch a lot of western stuff and the fights are just boring or poorly choreographed or they cut a lot or there's too many stunt people um, so I get annoyed. So Steven Seagal movies were, mm, they were okay. John Cleverdang was better, but he's not Jackie Chan here. No. That's for sure. And we've got to think this, this was like what? 95, 96-ish. I forget the exact year. Is John Claude Van Damme 
Like that bigger star, like it, yeah, uh, in the mid nineties, like this is probably like the time where he's probably at, at the top, right, of of his game. But for friends to go, right, we need a we need an actor. Who should we get on? And they pick Jean Claude Van Damme. I, I mean, I feel like there's way better choices they could have picked. Bloodsport came out in '88, and that was kind of, as far as I'm aware, that was the movie that launched yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme into like he's a star. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the difference between being a star and a talent. I, I, I wonder when Time Cop came out. <laughs> be, be, because obviously they mentioned Time Cop a lot, and it, it almost feels like an advert where, like, did you see the new Time Cop with the John Glenn Van Damme? It's so hot in that. Like, yeah, Time Cop came out in 1994. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, so just before then. So, yeah, we, we will talk a bit more about John Claude Van Damme as, as we go on. Uh, but we should also probably talk about Julia Roberts a little bit as well. There's a secret that you didn't know, isn't there? There is. I only found this out while researching the episode. Uh, that Julia Roberts and Matthew Perry actually dated uh, after her separation from her first, her, her first husband in 1995. Yeah, so there, there's like pictures out there of them going on dates and stuff. You know, there for the grace of God go I, as my nan would say. <laughs> yeah. But you look at Julia Roberts and you look at Matthew Perry and I don't see it. <laughs> 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 Julia Roberts and Matt LeBlanc, I see. Right. Julia Roberts and David Strimmer, less so. Julia Roberts and Matthew Perry, I'm like, he, he must be funny. Like, he's, yeah, he's, well, well, we know he's funny. <laughs> we know he's funny, yeah. But I'm like, I can, it, kind of, it makes more sense when I think about who Matthew Perry is, but purely based on how they both look, I wouldn't put them, not saying he's unattractive, just saying as a couple, my brain doesn't put them together. Yeah, but we do that for everyone, don't we? Where you're like, why are they with them? And it's like, there's more to it than just looks going together. Yeah, normally it's myself. I'm sitting there going, <laughs> yeah. why is she with me? What's, yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, so yeah, they, they dated, which if you think about it while watching this, Changes things slightly because you can tell they both had a lot of fun filming this. Yeah, it looks like Julia Roberts had a fantastic yeah. time, and I feel like Matthew Perry really enjoyed himself. But I, I wonder if there were lots of takes out there where he can't stop smiling and keep <laughs> yeah, digging yeah. because he's having such a great time. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting undressed with Julia Roberts behind this door. No one can see what's happening. It, I mean, it's such a great episode for all, all of that stuff. Yeah, um, but then we do get to. Monica and she's very starstruck at seeing John Clover Dan to the point where she can't even go talk to him because he's too famous and he's too hot. Have you ever been starstruck, Mark? See, I, I used to think about this and be like, well, if I met a famous person, would I be like nervous or whatever? And then I've just realized, no, they're just normal people. So I can go up to them and be like, hi there, and just talk to them. Uh, and just like anyone else, because they're, they're no different from you or me. No. And if they act like they are, well, that's on them. That's their problem. You, you know, you get the, the stories of celebrities going like, oh, I want, you know, four blue M&Ms and one orange and only one green as well. Like that, that sort of stuff is weird to me. Yeah. But if I go up to you and like, hi, I'm, and I'm going to be normal. I'm not going to like jump on you or be weird. Just like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, you know, it's, you know, I'd love to talk to you if you've got a second. Same, same with you had a previous story of being at Comic-Con and, and talking to celebs there. Yeah. I think if you act normal, like, they're normal people, and they're used to people coming up to them generally or being around lots of people, so they shouldn't be too shy. No. I mean, um, I'm not a shy person in general, and I've been starstruck once in my life uh, at a convention. I was 16. I met Eliza Dushju, who played Faith and Buffy, yeah. um, and I had no idea what to say to her, and I was super shy, and maybe one day I'll meet her again and can redeem myself. But it was it was such a weird experience because at the same convention I'd met like 
the cat from Red Dwarf and yeah. I'd met Lance Henriksen and Mick Foley and all these different celebrities that I really admired. But at no point was I like starstruck. It was just, hey, and we had a conversation. Whereas in the queue to meet Elijah Dush crew, I was like flop sweating. <laughs> and, like, I'm doing my worst to use. And my mouth's dry. My palms are sweaty. And I, I was just was so, I don't know. It could have been the gigantic crush I'd had on her for like years at that point. I, th- I think that's, that's going to be a lot of it. Same with like YouTubers now. Like you've watched her and you might have read interviews and whatever about her. Like, so you meet them and you're like, cool. I've got three minutes to talk to you. I have so much to unload because I've, I've known you for, for years you don't know who I am, but I want to know even more about you. Like, let's be best friends. Yeah, and, and you can't do that in, in three minutes. It's almost like a speed date in a way. I mean, I, I'm not going to go into details. Of, I felt like when I've told people that I embarrassed myself and I tell the story, <laughs> people always go, it's not that bad. But, because, but, but to you... But it, to six-year-old me and the friends that tease me about it for years, it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I do remember thinking in the queue, there was a, a very large gentleman in front of me who breathed through his mouth quite loudly mm. and I remember sitting there thinking whatever I say it's not going to be as weird as him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like he feels like my totem but it won't be that bad yeah um, it's, it's tough because you want to meet these and you basically want to be friends with them because you you follow their stuff already and so it, it, it is hard to meet someone like that so I, I totally understand people being starstruck but I think at the same time you just remember actually they're just a normal person that just does a job that's released everywhere I guess yeah in fairness, she was lovely. Her mum was nice. Hello, lover. It was weird. In my head, it's this embarrassing memory, but she was lovely. Yeah. Her mum was cool. And it's when they're like mega stars at a convention, especially in Birmingham, mm. we don't get many, you know, actual famous people back then coming to our conventions. It was very much like you try and have a conversation. And when I could muster words out of my yeah. mouth, but then there's always some like giant hulking security guard or agent that's trying to usher you along yes. because, you know, you can only have two and a half minutes to talk to them because they need to sell X amount of things to make it worth being here. It's, it's a little bit going through air, airport security where you're like, I hope I don't have drugs on me. <laughs> I've never done drugs ever, but I might do this time. Like, what if the dog looks at me? Because I smell <laughs> yeah. like bacon. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, it's weird to think back on, but yeah, I have been starstruck. I... I mean, I was what sixteen, and she'd have been like twenty something. So asking her out wasn't wasn't well, really the, the, on the cards. The, the Big Bang Theory uh, did an episode like this where they meet uh, an actress who was in the Terminator TV show. And they're like, just go up to her and like, how am I going to like ask her out? Sort of thing. It's like it's not going to happen. She probably gets asked out a lot, or might be in a relationship or whatever. Like, and it's weird. Like you, even just some random person on the street who's not a celebrity, you can't just go up to him and be like, hi there. I would like to date you. Let's do this. Let's go get it. Like, like you. That person's not going to make that split decision of like, yes, I, I can see you. Yeah, we, let's do it. It doesn't work that way. Well, in that episode, they meet some McLaren on a train, don't they? Yes. And they're trying to like, you know, pluck up the courage to go chat to her and things. And yeah, the odds of you meeting someone on a, on a train. Although I do have a story. I'm not going to name who told me this story, but a friend at work told me a story that they sat on a, a long distance train in the States. And this train journey was about eight hours. Um, and they got chatting to this very pretty person. And... They got to their stop and they're like, okay, nice to meet you, bye. And this girl was like, wait, you're not going to ask me out? Like, you're not going to ask for my number? And they were like, ooh, like, that's the thing. <laughs> and he just he said he didn't have, like, the courage to ask yeah. her. And luckily she did, and it all ended happily ever after. Well, I, I had a friend that met Bruce Willis. They was in the same hotel as him, and he was every night just at the bar drinking by himself. Um, and he was like, hey, do you want to come over and have a drink with me? And, she, like, the, the two women were like, yeah, let's have a drink. And they, they became good friends with him, like, over, over those few days of drinking with him and stuff. And I think like that's that's the way you kind of want it to be. It's like, hey, like, nice to meet you. Want to chat and stuff. Uh, you know, if you enjoy chatting to me, let's let's do this again sometime. <laughs> sort of thing. Not a let's go out for drinks and food. Like, you know. Yeah. Plus, I imagine if you're you're a person, I want to get to know you as a famous person. 
it would be weird. Like if I were famous and people wanted to date me based on what they think they know about me, I'd find that really weird. Yeah, yeah you'd be like Joey and he's stalker, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, but she's hard. It's okay. But I feel like just be like, oh, I like. I mean, obviously, I tend to overshare on this yeah. podcast quite a lot. But still, the idea that someone would listen to it and be like, oh, I love Ryan. He's great. I want to date him. I'd be like, that's weird. You, you don't know me. You yeah. just. You know. or, or just going, Ryan, do you remember when you were 16, you were starstruck when you met the Buffy actress? Like, you bet. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird because I haven't told you myself. I mean, unless Eliza so, yeah. just listening and uh, wants to wants to reconnect. Then <laughs> she, she, she can message us at watchingfriends.com. We've got an email there. I mean, I still haven't received any of those proposals we were trying to get. So if Eliza just listening and wants to propose, let's go. No, I, I have uh, been filtering the emails and uh, do, doing a Ross going like, no, why are they talking to Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> delete, delete. I thought you'd be protective, like she's not good enough. <laughs> no, He's crazy. No, just, no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm definitely a Ross in this situation. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'd be so mad at Rachel at this point. You can't just walk up to people and out a crush. It's a massive overstep and kind of juvenile, to be fair. Well, yeah, she she admits like you know this is kind of a bit goofy. I mean, my friend likes you. Like Monica should have stepped up and just been like, "Hey, just want to say hello." Yeah, like you're on the set. Like also, yeah. when are you going to get this chance again? Like at some point, you just need to like yes. and steal yourself and go go do it. I, I think that's the main thing with celebrities. You need to just be like, right, I've got a thirty second chance to make my impression. Let's go and say hi. I want to say what I say. Done. All right, next time, Mark, if we're out and we see famous people and one of us gets flustered, I'm going to be like, no, Mark, you're a host of watching friends. <laughs> they should be in charge to talk to you and then after you go. <laughs> Excuse me, do you know who I am? Yeah. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> we have, we, we have, we have several listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but this plan backfires and the muscles from Brussels, which I'm going to take every opportunity to say because okay. it's, it's a great little moniker, uh, hits on Rachel, uh, which... I, yeah, don't send your... Extremely hot, attractive friend to talk to a guy that you like. Yeah, I guess it's it's it's. Well, she didn't really send it, did she? She just she just went. Yeah. So it kind of backfired, but kind of in Rachel's face because Monica oh. didn't want it to happen anyway. No. Um, but then we rejoin Julia, who has got a name. Her character's name is Susie, but I want to call her Julia because yeah. it's more fun. Um, and Chandler chatting, and she's called her out to an actual job, and it's nice to see people's jobs getting in the way of chatting in friends. It's not something that happens to the main cast, yep. but it makes me laugh when it does. But for sure, she goes. She asks Chandler how many times she's going to have to touch him on the arm before she asks him on it, before he asks her on a date. Did you know arm touching was a signal mark? Well, this is the problem, isn't it? There's some people are friendly, and some people are not so friendly. So them touching you on the arm doesn't mean that they're into you. So as as generally as a guy, you. You can never tell what the signals are. It has to be absolutely clear, right? Yeah, you know, like air traffic control. You have consent to land. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, so someone touching you on the arm does not mean that they're interested in you. Yeah. So, you know, in Chandler's defense here, yes, he, he did the right thing. Like, he's rekindled his, like, friendship, I guess, in a sense. Like, he hasn't seen her in many, many years since school. Yep. He's, he's not thinking, oh, she's touching my arm. Like, you know, she wants to date me. He's just like, oh, I've just met you... It's been too long. It's, they're almost strangers at this point, right? Yeah. So I think I think he's fine, and maybe she should have taken the initiative and asked him out on a date. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's such a forward thing to say in general. Like, if she's forward enough to say, "Oh my god, are you going to ask me out?" Surely she could have just asked him out. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was going to say no. <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, a it's Chandler and B Julie Roberts is pretty as hell to be fair. But but at least he takes it as a joke and it's like you know once more apparently, and she does it again and. You know, it's like, okay, let's let's have the date here. Yeah, and she leaves it with who knows, maybe this time I'll get to see your underwear, which is just like, okay, party time. Well, yeah, because it, we, I guess we skipped over that back in school, there was on stage at a play and he lifted up her skirt. He did. Which, we don't know how old they were, 
And young children do that a lot. They say fourth grade, but I don't know how old that is in America. No, because we're British. We don't do fourth grades. Like we do year four. Yeah. And year but, four is like, but, what, six? But even up to probably like the age of like 10 or 12, like kids are kids. They, they do silly things like that, right? Uh, like like it's, it's, not, it's not a sexual thing. It's just the, woo, you, you've been cool. According to the power of Google, the fourth grade is around nine to ten. Yeah, so maybe. So old enough for that to actually be embarrassing, to be fair. And now I know how old she was when that happened. There's a lot more context to the episode and everything makes a bit more sense. Yeah. In my head, fourth grade was like five or six for some reason. That's what I was thinking, yes. Um, But being nine to ten, I'm like, okay, fair. I can see why uh, it left an impression on Susie. Yes, and why she's been thinking about this in this episode. Uh, But we now leave a stunned Chandler to find out if Rachel was successful in setting Monica up with Van Damme. We definitely do. So what do you say? What a jerk. I kept talking about you, and he kept asking me out. (laughs) Maybe naturally, you know. I said no. Well, thanks anyway. He just kept asking, 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 asking. Rachel, if you you want to go out with him, you can. (laughs) Sounds like a big jerk to me, but that's what you want to do. John Claude, she said yes! So I, I had a bit of an issue with this. Monica gets visibly upset. Mm-hmm. You can be jealous, Monica. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely be super jealous. You can't be upset that some guy you've not met wants to go out with Rachel. And certainly the, you sent her off anyway. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is all context. She doesn't know John. Monica doesn't know John claude Van Damme. She has nothing but a crush on John claude Van Damme. Yeah. So she has no right to be upset. I'm with you. Jealous, 100%. Like if, we, if we both met a girl at a bar and she wanted to take you home, yeah, I can be extremely jealous, but I can't be annoyed at you that she picked you. Yeah, or her, really, because no, no, like, it's not no. my fault you don't fancy me. No. Um, however, I feel like in this situation, if, if I'd been in love with a girl for years and then you started to date them and you knew how I felt, then I'm like, fair enough, be upset yeah. because you're actively... You know it's going to have an emotional impact when you choose to do whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess I'm soft. So in my brain, I'd be like, well, I've just got to deal with it, haven't I? Because why would, why would I let my feelings stop two people being happy? Yeah. But at the same time, I can at least agree that you could be upset. Like, that would be a conversation you and I would have. Yeah. Like, Mark, I've lived there for years. How could you? And then you'd be like, sorry, dude, but get over it. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm being upset, but we'll be cool. Yeah. And it'd be fine eventually. But yeah, if, you've, if it's just a cute girl we've seen and I'm like, oh my God, she fetches Mark. <laughs> yeah. Mark's a tool. It just, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, no, not mad no. at all. Like, it's... No, you can be extremely jealous, but yeah, not upset at your friend. Yeah. But uh, let's take a break from all this jealousy and have some adverts. New this April from HyperX, it's the HyperX Clutch Controller. Get better control of your mobile game with its comfortable grip, directional pad, analog sticks and shoulder buttons. This versatile controller can fit a variety of phone whips and can also connect wirelessly for use on tablets and PCs. Learn more and pick one up online at HyperX and HP.com. Amazon, Micro Center, Target, Best Buy and many other fine retailers. Hey guys, Brandon, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joe. You, you see this thing here? Could you tell me if it's good or, or good or not? Mm, well, I'm gonna need an hour. Yeah, at least. Should I just wait over there, or or you want me to no, come? No, no, no. T- talk it out with you guys. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, come on, let's go. Podred review. We review things so you can do things. Every week on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello. 
Alan, in 15 seconds, what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast. Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls, we're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Are we all calm now, Marcus? Yeah, yeah I, I, I am not jealous about you and John Claude Van Damme getting together. I think you would be a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we're now at Central Park and Rachel is telling Phoebe, Joey and Monica about her date with Jean Claude Van Damme. Um, mentions Drew Bymore, which... I find really weird that she just gets name dropped in yep. the episode, even though she's not in it. <laughs> no. Like, was she supposed to be in it? Also, maybe who like was Drew Barrymore famous at this point? Like, I, th- I feel like it was like the late nineties. So, may- so Scream was what nineteen ninety four, and Drew Barrymore was like the opening kill. Yeah. She was like the the pretty girl that gets terrorized to kick off your movie. Yeah, because um, her height was probably around Charlie's Angels, which was like ninety nine or two thousand or so. I really liked those films as a kid. You tried to rewatch them and they're terrible. Yes. I really like the new one. Okay. Uh, is it because Hayley Snowfall has a cameo? Maybe. But uh, that's, that's not Friends related. It's so not friends related. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I, it's a weird name drop for me, given that to, to my mind she wasn't a mega star at that point. So it's a weird name to drop in. Yeah. But like me, randomly mentioned like a British soap actor, you'd be like, okay, that's odd. Yeah, because it's like as I said earlier with with Courtney Cox being in Seinfeld, like. You know, a few months earlier, she was just bit actor, like in random stuff, yeah? And then, you know, six months later, she's super megastar, right? Yeah. And so it's always interesting looking at actors and going like, you know what, I really liked them. What were they doing before this? Oh, absolutely nothing. Like, <laughs> this is the time that, like, they first became famous and known. And it's interesting, like, seeing their previous roles. You're like, why were they in that film? They didn't do anything. No. Like, I always think of the uh, actor in the Transformers films, the new Transformers films. Uh, Shia LaBeouf yes like that's probably like where he kicked off but he was in um, iRobot with Will Smith was he? he was oh, yeah. he, he plays some punk kid who like is just annoying and you're like every time he's on screen he's only on screen for a couple of minutes you're like why is he here? he has absolutely nothing to do with the film he adds nothing you could cut him out completely and you wouldn't miss anything of the film and it's almost like it's, he's being seeded for future films are like right we'll get him in here in little bit parts so people get to recognize him and then that moves him on up to his future films fair and and I, you see that with a lot of actors where you're like why are they here and then few, like a year later they're in a big thing all of a sudden yeah do you mean how the mighty have fallen Shire's career hasn't exactly a... well that that's his choice i think but uh, I mean, fair, he, fair, fair play he's made his money <laughs> he first i first knew him from a, a disney show called even stevens yeah where he played like essentially this really cheeky entertaining kid and that was great and then suddenly he's in transformers and i was like oh that's weird that's the kid from that show that he's really funny and then Danny screams do it 
yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the internet yeah, puts yeah. up a flag and I'm like, weird. Yeah. But Rachel, I forgot who we were talking about. Then. I'm like, yeah, we're, 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 we're talking about friends. This we're, is the friends, the friends podcast. podcast yeah. Um, so Rachel asked if anyone wants some coffee. Uh, my uncle replied, she'll get it herself or Rachel might drink it, which is, <laughs> is passive aggressive, but it's barely passive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the same time, can you trust Rachel to make you a coffee? No. I mean, I don't, like, Obviously, she's been, Monica's been a bit yes. of a brat. But yeah, Rachel getting you coffee at the best of times isn't going to go well. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, it just... <laughs> Rachel's being a bit insensitive here, to be honest. While I don't feel like Monica's feelings are justified, I do feel like sitting there and telling the whole group, plus the person you know is upset about it, yes. how wonderful your evening was, is, is rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't do that. But uh, Ross enters and tells Joey he has to cancel racquetball, which I think is squash. We still haven't worked out if it's the no, same sport yeah. as squash. Um, as Marcel's training, he's going to let Ross look after him for a few hours, which is cute. Yeah, that's nice, yeah. Uh, Chandler enters, and apparently, Mark, we should stick a fork in him. Hey, stick a fork in me. I am done. <laughs> stick a fork what? Like when you're cooking a steak. Oh, okay, I don't eat meat. <laughs> Well, then how do you know when vegetables are done? Well, you don't. You just, you eat them and you can tell. Okay, then eat me. I'm done. <laughs> I've met the perfect woman. What? Okay, we're sitting on her couch. We're fooling around. And then suddenly she turns to me and says, do you ever want to do it in an elevator? Oh, my God. <laughs> what did you say? I believe my exact words were flying instant. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what to say. How do you know if you want to do it on an elevator? Oh, you just know. <laughs> well, if you know you've only got 30 seconds, that's all you need. <laughs> Depends what lift you're in. Because <laughs> yeah. like, this is the lift at the supermarket where you're in the Empire State Building. Oh, yeah. Cause you, you, well, even then, you're only going up 20 floors before you've got to change lift again. <laughs> but, but, you know, you see this in films all the time. They hit the emergency stop and the, the bell rings and whatever, and it's fine. People can see them from down below it, but no one else can from up high. It's okay. They can do that. Whereas actually, you'd probably have a voice on the other end of the, the speaker going, are you okay? Are you trapped? Do yeah. you need any assistance? And most modern lifts have cameras in them. Yeah. So I'll be like, stop doing that. Yeah. Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of a more awkward place. Yeah, just no, it's no, it's not, it doesn't entertain me as an idea. Um, but I love these oddball Phoebe conversations where we just get reminded that Phoebe's a little weird. Yes. It's like, I don't eat meat. And it's like, well, surely you've heard that expression before, Phoebe. And. I just, I just like weird Phoebe. It's great when they kind of don't let that thread drop and occasionally you'll just go, Phoebe's been normal for four episodes in a row. First of all, weird. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Phoebe's an oddball. Um, it's great. Um, I find it kind of odd how much Chandler's oversharing here. Yeah, Chandler is very confident. And okay, it's Julia Roberts. But he, the last few episodes, he has been overly confident with women, mm. which seems odd. And yeah, like... I don't feel like he, he would brag. He, he's not a bragger. Joe, Joey would brag, but yeah. for Joey, it's not a brag. It's just every day for him. Ross would definitely brag because, you know, he needs to cling on to something positive happening in his life. Well, I think Ross would brag to Joey and Chandler and not the girls. Yes. I think Joey would brag to anyone who listen, and Chandler wouldn't say anything. Ch Chandler would be like, oh, you know, you can't tell. Gentlemen never tell sort of thing. Like, he wants to, but he doesn't want to be gross, I guess, about so, it. In my mind, if I were writing this episode deciding if you want to have sex in a lift 
would be a conversation Chandler nervously has with Joey about like, yeah. oh, I've not done it. Like, <laughs> no. You know, I mean, that, to me, that would be more on brand for Chandler. But he's in a good mood, so maybe yeah. he, he, he does want to share it, I guess. Well, like, I could totally, like, understand him telling Monica, maybe, like, because they had, like, a close friendship. But mm. I feel like Rachel and Phoebe would be like, oh, no, you're being gross. Like, we don't need to know these details. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I guess maybe it could be a British thing or just a personal thing, but those kind of details in my life, I would keep pretty much to myself. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, guys, we just did this amazing thing. As, as much as you'd want to brag about it, you also understand that maybe your friends don't really care. Well, maybe just like my partner want everyone to know. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially given that this is very early days for Chandler and Susie. And um, would you really like, I'd be like, would she be happy if her first impression as she walks in Central Park would be, they did it in a lift. Like, yeah. like, is, is that what your partner would want well, your friends to know? We're going to get onto this when they talk later. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but Chandler and Susie have a reservation and have to stop smooching on the sofa. Uh, which, you know, fair enough. You've got a book table booked. You can't just stay in and make out, Mark. No. It's, it's just not allowed. Um, Susie has an idea that Chandler should wear her underwear to the restaurant as it would be kind of sexy. Mm. My first thought was to be kind of tight. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a walrus flossing. Yeah, like I haven't got any experience of wearing women's underwear. No. Um, not on purpose, anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> they done that like, oh, it's the middle of the night, you need to get the bathroom, and you pull someone up and suddenly it's pants. Well, I, yeah, depending on like the, the women that are in your life, generally they're going to have underwear that's a lot smaller than yours. So even if you accidentally picked up in the dark, you're going to be like... This doesn't fit right on my leg. They're like, this isn't my pants on. Also, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is it also silky and smooth rather than rough and coarse and manly? <laughs> Why do I always wear these? <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as, as Joey finds out in a later episode, right? <laughs> then we find Joey in Ross's apartment and Ross is setting the table for Marcel's visit, um, which is weird. He's lighting candles and there's plates and it looks like a romantic meal oh, for jo two. Joey calls him out on that, doesn't he? He it's, does. It's, it's like, you know, what you're hoping is going to happen afterwards. Like... He's made him like a, a cake with mealworm in it. Yep. And it's like, yeah, the monkey doesn't care. Like, it's a monkey. I mean, we've discussed before uh, how Ross kind of replaces Carol with Marcel yes. a bit for like weird emotional needs and how odd it is. And you'd think after Marcel being away for so long, he'd have gotten over that. But nope, he's still weird about it. Oh, no, because you've you got to think like lots of people will celebrate their dog's birthday and buy them like a birthday cake, like a dog birthday cake. That's nice and fun. And that's fun, isn't it? Yep. You wouldn't go and set the table for them and get the wine out and a nice meal and everything because the dog doesn't care. It's a dog. Nope. Um, so after my uh, last breakup, I uh, the, the two pet rats stayed with me um, and... I would make myself food and then do the usual thing of sit on the arm of the sofa and stare at me across the kitchen like, give us some, give us some, give us some. But I wasn't like, oh no, my girlfriend left. Oh, I'll make you a little, get you little napkins and you can sit with me. It would just be like, if I was making a burger, I'd be like, right, I'll cut a bit off and you both have a bit of burger and then run off yeah. and then eat the burger and we wouldn't have dinner together. <laughs> no. I, would just, I would just get tired of them just staring at me, looking at me like, give us some food, Ryan. And I'd be like, just eat this so I can eat in peace. They're, they're in the cage on one, and you're on the other side of it and you're both just staring at each other eating together. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they would just try and steal the burger, to be uh, fair. I mean, how would they hold the tiny glasses, anyway? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the rats are pretty smart, to be fair. We could work it out. Um, but we're back at the girls' apartment, and there's some tension in the air, and it's up to Phoebe to keep the peace. Okay, Rachel, why don't you start talking first? All right. I feel that this is totally unjustified. She gave me the green light. I did nothing... <laughs> Do you think I can't see you in the TV set? <laughs> All 
right, Monica, if there is something that you would like to share... You know, you had no right to go out with him. That is the most no, ridiculous You sold thing. me out. I did not say yes, you did. You, you did. absolutely would you let sold me, me talk? <laughs> did you just flick me? Okay, well, you wouldn't let me finish, and I was just... Ow, that hurt. <laughs> Quit flicking. Ow, you... Like my bitches. It has to be one of my all-time favorite friend moments. Well, yeah, I, I love the way the the writers actually took in the the scene that they're in. Yeah. So you got Rachel going. I can see you in the reflection of the TV. Like that, that just feels natural. You can imagine someone like going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can actually see you. Like stop it. Is that? I'm sure that there's been many times where you wanted to do that, like to a customer or a friend or whatever. But you're like, no, I can't. I have to. I mean, yeah, I'd be like, oh, I need to turn away from you to box this mug for you. I really want to know about this in like how choreographed was it? Because it looks so, it's an awful, terrible lady girl fight, I guess, but it's so well done. And then when Monica starts beating Rachel with her socks that <laughs> yeah. she's pulled off, and it's, it's such a fun scene. Well, I was, I was looking at the flicking, seeing if they were actually hitting each other because. One flick is fine, but I think in multiple would end up like hurting a little bit. Yeah, it just hurt to be fair. Getting yeah. flicked, yeah. I would, I would uh, if my girlfriend was annoying me, I'd flick her in the arm. I'd be like, "Will you shut up and give her a flick?" And she'd be like, "Ow!" And you'd just complain it hurt all the time. Um, and but it doesn't hurt. And she went, "Flick yourself." So I flicked myself <laughs> in the face. I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's a lot more, it's a lot yeah. more painful than so, I thought it was." So I want to, I want to see how realistic they were getting. I, I think they were, I think they did hit each other a little bit. Yeah, like you know, you're not swinging for the fences, but no. it, it didn't look like they were pulling their no, punches. Like, no. It wasn't like when you watch terrible TV and like someone swings a punch and they cut behind <laughs> yes, the person yeah, being hit. Exactly. No, they got into it a bit. Um, but yeah, Phoebe got in there like a boss. And <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I I like Phoebe when she's like this, where her, her streets like attitude comes out, and you're like, oh, Phoebe's like nice. And it's like, no, she's got this like dark side to her. Where if things had been slightly different, she would have been a totally different person yeah i just love doing like phoebe's like chill hippie vibes yeah. now i'm gonna kick some ass yeah. <laughs> just talks, like, that's it i've had enough <laughs> grab some brother yeah it's it's amazing i absolutely love this scene uh, i was trying to work out where i would i would place it i would say it's a classic friend scene like if you were to say name classic friend scenes i think if any friends fan this scene would come up yeah i mean you'd probably have i take the rachel being top Maybe mm-hmm. in the map in London. Yep. Uh, but in terms of my personal rankings, I was like, is the one moment of Friends that I like more than this? And it took me a while to think of it. And then I remember there is. So this is second on my list. 
I, I'm looking forward to the, in the future when we find out what the first one is. Oh, okay, we'll keep it a secret. Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. If we 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 won't make it a Patreon only thing, but, <laughs> but uh, you're going to have to go through another eight more seasons. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not that. Uh, but, but I think it's season six that happens. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you spoiled it now. Well, you won't know what it is. <laughs> okay. Because there's like a joke in uh, American Dad where he's like, you know, this is the second time that hit, hip-hop saved me. And you're like, I want to find out what the first is. And I don't think they ever bring it up again. <laughs> I, and it makes it more more intriguing. You're like, oh, I wonder what the other one is. I feel like most of the time when people say like it's a, their second something or not their first something, yeah. it's, it's, it's always some people ask you what your favourite moment is so you get to talk about that again. But I won't. I'll keep it in. I'll keep it contained. Um, then it turns out that Ross has tagged along on Joey and... Chandler's double date. When was this a double date? No one told us this. No, this this must be like a cut scene or something because um, you've got Cassie, who is just like the random Kathy, 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 Cassie. What was Kathy? No, Cassie, Kathy. Girl, Kathy. Kathy is who he dates later on. Is Cassie? Um, Of course, we'll cut this out if we're completely wrong. You know it is. No, I'm pretty sure it's Cassie. Um. And yeah, she's just like random woman at, at the start of the scene talking about like the the makeup and stuff, right? Yeah. And you never know anything more about her. You don't really even learn her name. And all of a sudden, like she's there with Joey and Ross on Chandler's date. Yeah, because at no point when they talk about the reservation earlier, Susie and Chandler, do they say that anyone else is going? No. And it's like, oh, so we've we've gone from what well, I was expecting to be two people on the date to five people. And yeah. if it was if and if it was Joey and Cassie, like fine. Like that would make sense. Like he's it's like, a oh yeah, date. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, do you know who plays Cassie? I do, but why don't you tell me anyway? Uh, it's Julia Roberts' sister. See, bit more trivia. Like, yeah, you you'd never know that, right? No. Like it's it's interesting. They so, don't look alike at no. all. Like, I, I thought they were just two separate people, and then when I like saw the the names in the the credits, I was like, are they related? And it's like, oh yes, they are. And she goes by like a slightly different name now. She doesn't use Roberts as her surname. Um, yeah, I, I would never assume they're, they're sisters. Well, it's like uh, Julia's brother, Eric Roberts. Yeah. Um, I never realised they were the same Roberts. Okay. They, were, they were different Roberts. And then he had a strange career because he basically just took off when he was old. Right. Um, he's in The Dark Knight. And he's in the Batman The Nolan trilogy. Oh, is he? Yeah, he plays one of the gangsters. The one that Batman drops off the... He's like, the four from this won't, won't kill me. And Batman's like, I'm coding. Oh, is he got him? Him. Oh, okay. He yeah, him. Yeah, That's yeah. her brother. Like that, yeah, he, he's like the gangster guy, isn't he? In, in everything there, yeah. so... There is the zero family resemblance in their family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how often is that postman visiting? What's <laughs> going on there? <laughs> um, but yeah, Ross has tagged along, which I find weird, because he's just sat at the head of the table and it's all well, awkward. Well, he, he's sad, isn't he? Because Marcel's date was cancelled. So maybe like you could understand them going I Ross come along on our dates with two attractive women and you can sit by yourself just I awkwardly. mean I'm honest enough to admit that if I'm on a date with you know a very pretty lady and I assume you're on a date with a very pretty lady and you know one of our fifth wheel friends turn up <laughs> they're probably getting ignored for most of the evening <laughs> it's like <laughs> yes. now you're just sad in company <laughs> I would be finding ways to get out of that situation quickly and be like yeah, we're going to go now. Goodbye. <laughs> What's that, lassie? Someone fell down the well. Yeah. <laughs> Ross, we've got to go. <laughs> but Jerry tries to bore up his date about her job. She's assistant to the director. Um, he's, he's trying to be enthusiastic about it, but then she tells him that she has nothing to do with casting. And bam, Joey loses all interest and now cares about food. Now, I, that's pretty bad of Joey. Joey should have been like, oh, no, no, that's fine. I just wanted to chat and get to know you. Like, it seems to just be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's end this. Like, she's another person. You could at least like pretend. 
I mean, at this point, we know that Joey's willing to sleep with someone for a part. Yes. That's how we got on Days of Our Lives. And I'm like, maybe he's thinking, I'll sleep with with, with Kathy, Kathy, whatever she's called, and we'll get a movie, move apart. I don't, I don't even think he needs to think that far ahead. It just needs to be like, hey, like, let's, let's talk. Oh, yeah, that sounds very exciting what you do. I'm into listening to you. Yeah, I'm an actor too. Like, you know, and then the conversation goes from there. It doesn't have to involve sex at all. But him to just shut it down when it's like, Actually, Joe, you could have got to know her, and maybe it could have ended up in a date as well. You yeah, know? It, it's yeah, it's very very shallow and you know manipulative of, of Joey. Yeah, it's not it's not a thing we trait we often associate with Joey. To be fair, but no, like normally it's it's a quite harmless in in some ways, but this this time it's just like he's only out for himself, and Joey's never only out for himself. No, I don't think. I think he's a, a bit nicer than that. Yeah, but you know Hollywood, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, which hits differently post Me Too and Weinstein. Yeah. But uh, we won't get into that. It's definitely a dark rabbit hole. We're not going to go down. Um, but then Susie tells Chandler that she's thinking about putting ice in her mouth and licking him all over. And what we've discussed before about TV tropes and how sounding friends never travels from the kitchen in the girls' apartment <laughs> yes. through to the sofa area. We've apparently extended that to the same table. Well, this is what I was hinting at earlier when we are going to get back to this, of like talking about things in public and to your friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, they're at a nice, respectable restaurant, and she's she's very loud. She's not like, hey, Chandler, like, why don't we... I want to lick why, you. <laughs> why, why don't we do this, Chandler? It'd be very nice. When it's, it's, it's very much, hey, Ross, Joey, and everyone else, can you hear me? Because we're going to do this thing. <laughs> and it's like, like it's just, a, it's an inappropriate place. Like, at the end of dinner, you could understand, but they've just sat down. They haven't even had food yet. No. Like, don't bring it up now. I mean, you know, the heart wants and. I guess in this case, the loins want what the loins want, Mark. You know? I, well, I, don't, I think it's more her brain, what, she, what her brain wants than her loins. I mean, you know, she, she wants a starter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Susie tells Chandler to meet him in the bathroom. Uh, things are heating up for Chandler. Maybe he'll need the ice after all. <laughs> yeah, I, again, this is where when you see it on TV shows where, especially on airplanes, they're like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like, oh, I'll come and join you later. Like, it never works like that because they're public bathrooms. They're never empty. There's always someone either in there or coming or going. Like, especially if you're going into like the the wrong bathroom, it's it's always going to be awkward. Well, there's lots of kind of I guess romantic slash kinky tropes in TV and movies mm-hmm. that never never seem to work out the way they do in the films. Uh, there's a film called Nine and a Half Weeks that has this really famous supposedly seductive scene where they blindfold each other and feed each other food out of the fridge and then the food's involved in their amorous actions. Mm. The safest way I can think of phrasing it. Um, and I'm like, no, I don't want honey <laughs> in my chest hair while I'm trying to, trying to you know, be, no. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, I just imagine like, oh, Ryan, here's some onion loops. <laughs> just, just like, I, just, I just don't get it. That, then, that, that brown stain, is that the chocolate mousse or something else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. like, yeah. It, well, eating in bed is bad enough, right? Just crumbs everywhere, let alone yeah. on your body. Like, no. Although, I don't know. I feel like if you tempt me to have some chocolate digestives next to bed, <laughs> that might get me in bed a little bit faster. <laughs> but what, custard cream and a cup of tea for after? Yes, please, darling. <laughs> yeah, so, so what happened with you two last night? Absolutely nothing. I enjoyed my biscuits and tea and then went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Chandler then announces he's going to the bathroom. With so much excitement, he reminds me of the N64 kid. Which is a YouTube clip you should watch of, of a kid opening his N64 at Christmas. Yeah, I, I realised as I wrote that, like, is this too much of a deep reference for, for the modern times? Like, N64 kid is very a meme of its time. Yeah. yeah. But, I, you, you either know it or you don't, but I, I think we can all relate to that excitement of opening that present that you wanted. Yeah, or meeting Julie Robert in a bathroom store. <laughs> like one or the other. 
All right, mister. Let's see those panties. All righty. Ooh. Ooh. But you know what would be even sexier? What? If you didn't have your shirt tucked into them. Oh. All right. Now, I would like to see you wearing nothing but them. Take your clothes off. Okay, but uh, I hope you realize this means we're going to miss hearing about the specials. <laughs> Come on, hurry, hurry. Hey, do you want this done quick or do you want it done right? All right, turn around. I will see you from behind. Okay. Oh, somebody's been doing his Buns of Steel video. So you want me to uh, clench anything or... Susie? Susie? This is for the fourth grade. Both? What, what do you mean? What do I mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? I mean underpants, mister. That's what I mean. What? Watch what you mean. My skirt? You lifted kids laughing? I was Susie underpants till I was 18. <laughs> that was in the fourth grade. How could you still be upset about that? Well, um... Why don't you call me in 20 years and tell me if you're still upset about this? Wow. Well, yeah, she, she, she takes all these clothes. Like, this is like the weird vindictiveness that you, you see. Generally, women do, where they will, for, for lack of a better phrase, like use their body to be vindictive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, for, for all this, like she's, she's got with China, she's been kissing him and getting close to him. And it's like, for this payoff, have you actually been nasty to him? Like, well, he didn't really get like his comeuppance quite that badly, did he? Like it, it, it'd be like feeding someone like ice cream and chocolates, and then giving them something nasty afterwards. It's like you could have skipped all that. Well, I mean, normally I'm the one that goes and thinks of things too deeply yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, but you are right. It's it's very odd, I guess, that she uses her feminine charms to yeah. to engineer a situation where she can get revenge on Chandler. Because she's given up something at the same time, isn't she, to, to get this plan in motion? Yeah, I guess it makes her seem slightly psychotic in the sense that she goes through all this effort and is willing to kind of use herself to get revenge. Yeah. Um, I feel like if they were actually going to date and she just wanted to get a measure of revenge and it was it was more playful than vindictive, mm. I think it'd be like if, if her, Chandler and Susie became a couple and dated for a while now, it would be a hilarious story. Of, remember that time you got revenge on me for yes. what I did? But the fact that she's just like, no, I'm doing this out of spite and vengeance does make everything she does before that a bit weird. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe we're more romantic than we think in the way we view kind of physical affection. But it's, <laughs> it's, it seems odd to kind of associate that with some act of vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, if you're going to be horrible to someone, you, you're not very nice to them and, and losing a part of yourself, I guess. Yeah, because how, how psychotic do you have to be to, to fake affection? I mean, it's only been a couple of days yeah. at most we gather that she's, she's put this charade on, but that's a lot of, there are sociopathic tendencies there to, to th- fake that affection. I feel like it would have been better if he like would try to kiss her and stuff. She'd be like, "No, no, let's wait," and like kept kept the the kept it going, kept him hanging on. I'm like, no, wait, and then all of a sudden, let's go to the bathroom and like just go in all the way now, because Sean she would have had the same effect, but she wouldn't have been kissing him and getting close to him and stuff. Yeah, because I guess I guess someone maybe from a slightly more male perspective. Chandler's getting something he's enjoying. That's, that's, that's what I mean, yes. Yeah, and then there's the, oh, people saw my butt. And I'm like, well, I don't care. Like, <laughs> if, if Jude Roberts now in 2021 was like, right, we can make out on your sofa for an hour, but 
then people are going to see you in a thumb. <laughs> I'd be like, sign me up. Yes, <laughs> yeah. please. <laughs> like, exactly. this, this is not, this is not the like, yeah. Like, like it's, it's not as an embarrassing story. Like, yeah, she was known as Susie Underpants, but anyone who knows this Chandler story, Chandler will go, I got with Julia Roberts. I'm like, eh, fair. Yeah, fair. Like, I mean, it, I think how you react to stories a lot of the time dictate the kind of the legacy they have. Definitely. So I've, I've had people tell embarrassing stories about me that I've had a laugh along with. And then I've told embarrassing stories to other people, all in fun, that they've like completely freaked out about. And I'll meet people that know both stories when we're all together. And the only story that gets up are the other people's ones because yeah. their reaction to it is to get flustered and embarrassed and defend themselves. Whereas my story was, it was so funny. And then no yeah. one cares. They're like, the power's taken away. So yeah. if you're a channeler in this situation and then in a year's time someone goes, it makes a joke about it, you're going to be like, yeah, it was funny. Made out with Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah, like, like being known as Susie Underpants because someone lifted your skirt, like I feel like it wouldn't have lasted that long. It would have been, and it would have been one of those names she could have changed, and certainly when she changed schools and stuff for college I mean, and things. I definitely am not going to under understate the kind of effect that school trauma can have oh, on yes. people. Like, it, depending on what it is and how intense it gets, can completely uh, ruin your life essentially for for years and years to come. Um, don't know how bad Susie Underpants would be. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if kids would take to it in that way because it's because of what happened. Yeah, I mean, I understand her being upset, and I understand wanting an apology from Chandler. I kind of understand wanting revenge, but the way she goes about it, to me, puts her in a scary category of people, yeah. as opposed to a, a fun story. Well, I'm going to make it even worse for you now. Oh, God. All right. Because they're in a bathroom. She doesn't have her shoes on. For some reason, she's taken them off. Mm-hmm. Like she was wearing heels, so she's in a men's bathroom, and yeah, it's a clean one because it's in a nice restaurant, and it's a nice, beautiful set. I wouldn't walk barefoot in a bathroom, in a public bathroom. No. And I certainly would think my feet are going to be covered in all sorts of stuff, even if it's, it looks clean. Like, it's not. Like, even, even if people didn't make a mess in the bathroom, they're wearing their shoes in there. It's just going to be a dirty floor because it's normally tiles. So I don't know why she took her shoes off for that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if that would be going from my mind if if sex with a hot woman in the bathrooms on the cards. Like if if my option are walk through dirty floor to have sex with hot woman in bathrooms. Yeah, but but Chandler keeps his shoes on. She's the one who takes hers off before he's even. Ah, oh, it's part of the plan because yeah. if she wears her clacky clacky shoes, it's going to be easier for Chandler to notice if she sneaks out of the bathroom stall. So she has to be soft footed so she can escape when Chandler turns around. This makes her more psychotic, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely does. Uh, or at least thorough. Like the plan's psychotic, but at least she executes it well. And, and certainly, you know, she she's like, "Hey, undress! I want to see you." Like he should have stopped at some point and been like, "Hey, this isn't fun. Me just getting undressed. Why don't you get undressed as well?" Like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty neurotic, so I feel like at some point I'd have been like, "Hang on a minute." Yeah. So she's really pretty and seems perfect. And I embarrassed her years ago. My brain would be like, this is a trap. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think most men, most smart men would be like, this seems to be going weird in some way. It, it doesn't seem fun for both of us. I mean, I guess the difference in this would be if I met Ryan's version of Susie Underpants, yeah. I would have apologized the second she brought it up. Because... Well, and this is, but this is the thing, though. He did apologize. Did he? Well, yeah, it wasn't like the best apology, but like that to, to him, like years and years have passed. I haven't spoken, but he does say, look, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Like I use a defense, like humor as a defense mechanism. Like he, he does admit, you know, I shouldn't have done that. He does. I mean, that's the apology. If you'd call it that, I certainly wouldn't, would not satisfy my need for vengeance. That would. No, I can understand. But at least he's not like, oh yeah, that was so funny. Like, yeah, let's do that again sometime. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like, my bad, you should be over it by now, though. And that would annoy me more. No, that's I feel like fair. if they had a flippant attitude to something that had affected me, 
I and I right now I'm getting revenge. So now saying and thinking of it that way, I'm kind of like, you know what, Julia Roberts, maybe I think you're less psychotic and more just angry. <laughs> oh yeah, she's angry. Yeah, so get Chandler in that thong, why not? But would you call her twenty years later, Mark? Like, would this put you off dating the woman? <laughs> this is the problem with men, isn't it? You can do anything to to most men, and they will come back for more because because the the temptation's too strong. Because we're dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if this situation happened to me. I would call her like the next morning and be like, cool, you got revenge, let's go party. Because <laughs> yes, it's... Cause you are hanging on by that thread of, of hope. Well, I think it's more just that it's it's a different thing. Like, obviously, Susie Underpants was affected by it as in being 10-year-old, the school seeing her pants and being teased. But now I'm a 30-something-year-old man. If people in a fancy restaurant see me in a thong, I don't care. No. Like, if you were like, I bet you, I dare you to wear the thong to this restaurant, I'm like... I'll probably do it just just because, <laughs> just because I'm like I'm, I'm not I'm, a Patreon girl I, right there. I don't like my body, but I'm not that embarrassed by it. Well, we're we're going to get onto this, I guess, when we get to the scene of him having to leave the bathroom. Yeah, um, but we now join Monica on her date with the muscles from Brussels, uh, and she keeps asking him if he can beat up random guys in the street. Initially, I was going to make this a clip. Okay. But because there were so many long clips in the episode, I was like, you know what, it's not funny enough. Well, it's well, just weird. Imagine if you're walking down the street. First off, you, well, actually, they're on set still. So you might know, you'd know who John Claude is, and you might even work with him, right? And all of a sudden, you hear this woman going, Can you beat up that guy? Like, wouldn't you be, like, you'd, you'd turn around and be like, What was that about? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing to ask. To me, it's like the version of asking a comedian to tell you a joke. You're like, You're a tough martial art man. Can you beat him up? Can you beat him up? Can yeah. you beat him up? It's <laughs> yeah. like, He's like, probably, but he doesn't know that. No. Like, for all you know, it's like, could be like, you know, some random MMA champion. He's yeah. just going to destroy yeah. him. And also, he's an actor. Like, maybe, maybe he's absolutely amazing at martial arts, right? Or he might just have muscles. Yeah, he could just be in shape and flexible. Yeah. And yeah. then, how many real fights is he? I mean, I mean we know he, he does know martial arts and stuff. But yeah, you don't, don't know that for generally. It's a weird thing to ask. It's a weird it thing is, to yeah. be excited about to me. Like, can you be violent at random? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, a woman asking if you can be violent against our people. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a bit dangerous and exciting for Monica, but to me it's weird. Yeah, it's it's meant to be as a funny joke. And obviously as we delve deep into some of these jokes, we ruin them. We do. Sorry, uh, friends. But, <laughs> you know, John, John Claude is just a vacuum in this. Like, he doesn't have any great lines or any great moments. He's just like, yeah, I can, I can beat them up. I think he's involved in one good moment, but it's he's not the reason it's a good no, scene. No. Um, we'll get to that later, though. Um, but Monica tells John, however you pronounce it, John, John, John Claude, John, we'll call him John, uh, that, <laughs> he's surprised, that she's surprised he agreed to go on a date with her. But he tells her he only did so because Rachel told him that Monica was dying to have a threesome with him and Drew Barrymore. But Drew has some ground rules. It's like, again, why are, we, like, why are we name dropping Drew Barrymore? Was she involved? Was she supposed to be in it? Are we just bringing her up because she's a star? It's so weird to me. <laughs> maybe, they t- maybe she turned down friends and they're like, let's get back let's at get her. Revenge. Yeah, potentially. Like, th- this, this is actually normally cut out of the, uh, the normal TV show. It's normally like as a deleted scene. Oh, okay. It's cool that it's in the Netflix cut, to be fair. Yes. I like that. Um, but then we jump cut back to the apartment and the girls are fighting again. Well, before we go to that, I do. I do want to talk about that scene slightly a bit more. Right. Just because, like, like, did Rachel actually say that? And then also, why did John Claude go? All right, Rachel, I won't date you, but I'll date your friend because this other, more exciting offer has appeared. I mean, John Claude doesn't come across well in this episode. Like, hi, my friend fancies you. Never mind, I fancy you. Is his yeah. response. So you're already like, he's not. He's not a particularly cool dude. And then. Maybe he just okay. That that'll be fun. I do want to have it. He does want to have a threesome with Drew Barrymore and someone. So he's like Monica will do. Well, but also yeah, Monica doesn't know who Drew Barrymore is. So like 
obviously Drew Barrymore has said that she wants a threesome with John Claude, find someone. Like that's that's kind of a slight on Drew Barrymore in a, in a lot of ways, right? Well, the way he says she has some ground rules to me implies that they've done it before. Like it's yeah. just like a regular occurrence. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is a weird thing to say, like on a TV show like that, when the actor's not part of the joke, I guess. Yeah, they're not in the scene. They're no. not there. Um, just and, and she's not known for that, is she? No. I mean, to me, it's, it's this weird thing. One, one thing I find out about Friends in this moment is that the first season of Friends, they talk about sex a lot. Yes. And it's something we commented on. And then the show kind of had this has this weird, I guess, mainstream judgment of sex. Whereas, mm. like, it's fine for Monica to have sex with 20 men over the course of 20 episodes. And we're not judging Monica for that. And we shouldn't judge her for that because yeah. it's the 90s or the or whatever. I mean, it's modern world. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well. But if you involve a third person, suddenly that's terrible. And well, it's, it's not even that. It'd be, it'd be like me announcing right now, without you being here, yes, Ryan does like to wear the lacy underwear. And you go, well, no, that's, that's not me at all. You, you're just saying a thing. And I'm not part of the joke. Whereas if you're, if you're here on the show, you can defend yourself or explain yourself or be part of the joke as it's acted. But, but, but for me, them just coming out, oh, yeah, Drew Barrymore likes threesomes is odd. I, I, don't, I don't know where it comes from. No, it, it is weird, I guess, as a... As a piece of writing to somebody out supposedly out a character into is it that's into that kind of stuff yeah i just find the weird judgment placed on it by monica and the writers odd given that the the show itself is so kind of sexually progressive for everyone else it's something like oh it's okay to do these things but these things are somehow a cause for embarrassment like if drew brown or john Claude and monica want to have a threesome let them have a threesome yeah that's fine but like and then why is john claude listening to rachel and being like okay that sounds like a great deal let's do like that's weird of him isn't it I mean, sure, surely if he's into to Rachel, he should be like, no, like I don't like that offer. I want to be with you. I mean, maybe he's just seeing it as it's just sex. Yeah, so, and that, that kind of is probably a bit more truthful about him personally. I mean, I'm wondering, did Rachel and John Claude have sex? Because we know that Rachel has a uh, promiscuous past. No judgment mm. from me there. But, you know, I mean, look how excited she was to be gone a day in the first place. Maybe John got what he wanted from Rachel and now he's like, Right, I'll take on Monica. Which is, again, a weird thing to write into the show that you're in as the actor. Like, would you want to, even if that's true about who you are, you wouldn't want that to be, like, your character trait. Well, I suppose it's, he's playing a fictional version of himself. Um, maybe he thought it was funny. It was cool. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he agreed to the script, otherwise he wouldn't be in it. Yeah. So I guess he just thought it would be funny and didn't take it too seriously. And he didn't expect that two English nerds were going to sit down and pick his scene <laughs> apart. Or may- maybe he took the money and just said his lines and didn't read the script who knows right yeah you never know to be fair but yes back to uh us going to the the girls apartment and the girls are scrapping they out. are scrapping i lost my train of thought there we got lost in drew Barrymore for reasons <laughs> 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 oh no oh, i'm on a massive tangent now <laughs> uh, but monica threatened in to destroy rachel's favorite sweater unless she apologizes for the, the terrible lie she told john claude van damme and things escalate as rachel threatens to pour sauce into monica's purse unless she gives back the sweater We've got a standoff. This is so weird. <laughs> well, like, you know, Monica's going to lose more massively than a sweater being unraveled, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, women's purses generally have their whole life in them, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to cover everything in sauce. But like me getting your wallet and just dunking it in sauce. Like, that's everything ruined. Well, I don't respond well to automatums. Even, <laughs> if, even if the thing you're going to do as a result is the worst thing. Yeah. If you were like, I don't know, Ryan, apologise, I'm ripping up your first appearance of Spider-Gwen. I'd be like, do it then. Because <laughs> yeah. that's on you still. But yeah. I'd be so annoyed that you were trying to push me to do something with a threat that I'd be like, you know, I'll carry out your threat yeah. because you've got to deal with the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
But Monica tells Rachel she doesn't have the guts to do it. Which Rachel retorts, at least I wasn't too chicken to tell some guy I thought he was cute. Which we fair is a burn. Yeah. That's, that's definitely it. Well, yeah, you, you kind of got the win there, Rachel. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, but that's too far. And Monica starts to pull out threads from the sweater as Rachel starts to pour sauce into the purse. It's total madness. And once again, Phoebe needs to step in and make the girls reconcile, which we don't have a clip for because, yeah, it, again, it would be the whole episode. Yeah. Um, plus, it is quite funny, though, where Monica apologizes for pulling the thread out of the sweater and then Rachel apologizes for putting sauce in the purse and then Monica apologizes for borrowing Rachel's gloves which were in her purse <laughs> yes. as she pulled the sauce in which I thought was really good because they've just they've just calmed down but Rachel looks so angry that she borrowed her gloves for asking at least that, that's easy to clean like getting your your money and driver's license out like that's more difficult to clean right yeah definitely um i just find it funny that it's such a a weird like kind of a female trope for women to get mad at each other before like borrowing each other's clothes without asking um that's not something that dudes ever do like at no point have i ever been in a friend's house and gone oh i'm gonna borrow my shirt yeah that, that, that's a cute cute sweater you've got there ryan can i borrow it like no it doesn't no. happen does it like if i saw a shirt you like double it mark where you get that from i'm buying one yes <laughs> yes <laughs> A few times I've had the same shirt as someone and joked that we need to like make sure we know we're wearing it so we don't wear <laughs> yeah. turn up in the same outfit. But I never care enough to actually do it. Like if we turn up and everyone's got the same shirt and I'd be like, we all match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares? Uh, but meanwhile, back at the restaurant, Joey pops to the bathroom. Joey! Chandler? What are you still doing here? I thought you guys took off. Oh, no, no, no. She took off with my clothes! <laughs> Are you naked in there? Well, not exactly. I'm wearing panties. Huh. You, uh, you always wear panties? No, no. This is the first time. Wow. Talk about your bad luck. I mean, the first time you try panties and someone walks off with your clothes. I was not trying them out. Susie asked me to wear them. Well, let me see. No. I'm not letting you or anybody else see ever. All right, all right. Whoa. Someone's flossing. Joey, uh, some people don't like that. Chandler's wearing panties. Let me see. No, no, you don't have to see. Hi, Tushy. <laughs> All right. Why don't you give me your underpants? Oh, no, uh, no, no. Can't help you. I'm not wearing any. <laughs> How can you not be wearing any underwear? Oh, I'm getting heat from the guy in the hot pink thong. <laughs> All right, look, Ross, I'll give you $50 for your underpants. Hey. hey. So he's got a hot pink thong on. He does. There, there can't be any room there. Like, that's not containing anything, is it? No, I mean, obviously at the back, there's practically out there. Yep. At the front, I am. I mean, he's, he references that in the episode that he's just like how he's hanging in. Or yeah, something. yeah. Like, I'm hanging in and out. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like, it's not going to be a comfortable, no. comfortable uh, package. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that whole thing is just what makes me laugh is the Ross, the way Ross is high tushy. Yes. Tushy is <laughs> such a weird word. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Um, I mean, but, like I get, I get Joey wanting to be like, I'm going to go and have a look. Oh yeah, right, and then Ross, I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to. I'll be like, no, I can just imagine. It. I don't need to see it. Like, 
I mean, a, a friend of mine uh, had nowhere to live once, so he moved in for probably about eight months into my house, and we shared a room. And we almost killed each other, but one day, uh, his bed was closer to the light switch than mine was. And I'd already gotten in bed, and I was like, dude, turn off the light. And he wouldn't turn off the light. And I'm like, dude, you're closer, just turn off the light. And he again refused. I was like, well, okay, if you don't, you're going to regret it. And he went, no, I won't. So I'm like, fine. I had my like boxers on still. So I hiked my boxers up again without <laughs> a wedgie. So I was basically wearing a boxer thong at this point. And then like sauntered across the bedroom <laughs> with my butt cheeks hanging out. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. And he was like, oh, I'm scarred for life. And he decided that he was not going to be not going to be undone and he wasn't going to be defeated so he decided to moon me and I saw way more than I wanted to and way more than he intended. He saw multiple moons. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny because it's odd. There's something funny about men and nudity where we just it's just stupid and we're not like that's gross but it is gross. Yes. So we're like, it's just yeah men are funny so if I found out you were in a store wearing a hot pink thong I'd be in that bathroom and me I'd be like I need to see this. <laughs> Mark's in Marison I need to witness this. <laughs> Get the camera phone out. Yeah like especially nowadays that be recorded the whole way through well and and then you know you get the moment with joey going I, i'm not wearing any boxes like yes i can imagine joey's the type of guy you can imagine likes to be you know free and breezy right yeah uh i used to work with a guy who who was like that and uh yeah it's probably not a good idea especially as once when he fell over and his trousers came down a bit uh, there was also skid marks in there that everyone could see. Oh, that's awful! <laughs> but, oh. but but you know, like yeah, I can. There are certain guys who are like you know, you know, like clothes are too restrictive or whatever. And like yeah, men's clothes are not really designed very well for us. I mean, there are several several types of male undergarment. You know, you got like yes. wife fronts and you got your pants and you got your briefs and your boxers. Like I'm sure you can find something that's comfortable. Yeah. Because all I ever think out in people when I find out men are going commando, I'm like, how well made are your trousers that the lining isn't causing chafing? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Because that's a delicate area. Yeah, I'm not like rubbing against the seam yeah, all day. But the thing is, you're getting sweaty and whatever, and you're just sweating on your clothes. So yeah, it's the the bigger thing for me though is that these guys are wearing jackets, and not one of them, as they as a friend of Chanda, has gone. You know what? I'll give you my jacket to wrap around yourself. One, it will keep you a bit warmer, and two, it might cover most things. Like if it, if it's a longer jacket, he could have got got away with wearing that and wandering out. It could be like he's wearing shorts. Yeah. But but and and this is part of me is thinking like is it because they are bad friends and we're like no you can't wear my jacket it's going to be touching things or is it them going no no it's way more fun if we don't offer our jackets to you. I think this is one of the times where the show has to sacrifice the quality of the friendship yeah. for the joke. Yes. Because yes, if that happened I would be like right here's my jacket and cool like you don't or I'll give you something to, to you know to hide your shame with. Um but that ruins the joke for the episode. So I feel like we kind of have to give Joey and Ross a free pass here because we need the embarrassment scene for Chandler. Well, yeah, because Chandler leaves the, the bathroom with the stall door covering him. How did they get that off? Did they just rip it off? Did they take the screws out? Well, um, yeah, it's like, there's so many questions for this because, yes, he's got the door covering himself. Everyone behind that door, and there's a lot of people, can see absolutely everything. Yeah. So he's not covering anything. The the guy lets him out with their door. That's never going to happen. <laughs> like, like, what is going on here? Like, there, there, there is so many things that they, they could have got him. Uh, I, I want to say napkins, but I want to say something a bit bigger than a, a napkin. Yeah. You, know, you know the thing that you... Well, it is a napkin, is it? But like the big towel ones they give you that you un, unfurl. Yeah. Could have put that around him. Could have done anything. Not a door. Like, a door is so awkward, especially... What's he doing around New York? Is he wandering the streets barefoot with a door? 
Yeah. <laughs> if anything, that's going to make me look at him. Yeah. Like, if I imagine if he just walked down the street in a thong, New Yorkers probably wouldn't notice. But a man with a door is a weird yeah. thing to see. Like, it, it might have been even funnier if they... He did have, like, Ross's jacket just tied around his waist, but you can clearly tell he is naked. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe you have it covering the front... And the back is where his bum sticks out a little bit. Like, I feel like that might have been the funnier joke than the door. Yeah, because you get some... Well, the door's just like, what? And you, it gives you more questions. than you, When you're watching a comedy, you don't want questions. You just no. want to laugh. Yeah. So I feel like a, a sweater or jacket that covers the front, but we get to see the physical comedy of his butt, would have been much funnier. Because yeah. butts are funny. Yeah, because cause the guy does just... Who's the concierge, I guess, stares at him and, and Chandler makes a motion. And he's like, oh, yes, certainly so. I'll open the door to... You can take our bathroom door with you. I mean, he's a professional, you know. Yeah. I'm sure this isn't the first time a man in a hot pink thong tried to leave with a door. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think the, the, the butt thing is probably American TV, like, can't show bums on TV. I know uh, Family Guy, for example, they wanted to do a scene where uh, the guy was defecating, where, where Peter Griffin was defecating over the side of a bridge. And they're like, that's fine, but you can't show the bum. You can show everything else. You can show like things splattering the windscreen of cars. You cannot show the bum though. That's the thing you can't show. Not even a crack. Can't show that. Like so, even the Simpsons had that where Bart Simpson in early seasons could be like naked and you could see these bum and stuff. And later on, they've gone, no, no, you can't show that. And it's weird. No, because that one I always remember in the Simpsons where Bart's skateboarding naked and yeah. eventually like smacks on the window. Well, that's so, the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that, the, the film's different. The film's yeah. um, but no, in. in in other episodes, like, he'd run out of the bath, you know, because he's a kid, right? Yeah. But, yeah, you can't, for a long time, you couldn't have, like, bums on TV, so. Weird. Amer- American logic is weird, yeah. Violence and guns and stuff is fine, but, yeah, a bit of bum. But not a bum. No, no, <laughs> yeah, bums are funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back at Central Park, and Chandler asks Phoebe if he can have the milk after she's done with it, to which she says, I'm almost done with it, keep your panties on. Perfect. It's like this episode's been amazing for Miss Buffet. Like it's Super Bowl related, touchdown Phoebe. Like it's just she's been great. I, th- I think we've had a had a rough start to the episode, and as it's gone on, like especially the whole Julia Roberts and Chandler stuff, like has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like really funny. I almost feel like you don't really need the first episode if you were to cut out the Ross and Marcel storyline. This could have been a one part episode, and you wouldn't need anything else. Well. We're going to talk about it in about probably five minutes because we're near the end of the episode anyway, and I think yeah, yeah, and then. Joey excitedly runs in and announces that he's in the movie, but then he lets Ross know that Marcel has finished his last scene and he can go see the monkey. But Ross says, no, that Marcel has moved on and it's okay. And I, f- I think that's fair. Like, maybe for Ross, like, it's, it's better that way. Like, he wanted to go and see his monkey at the zoo. Like, oh, I'm going to go and see him. I'm nearby anyway. And it's escalated into this. Well, you know, Ross feels neglected and yeah. rejected by Marcel and he doesn't want to subject himself to that again. Yeah, I think that's fair. But then luckily we see Marcel banging on the window uh, and he's really happy to see Ross. And we get a great little montage of the pair having a lovely time in New York City, sharing an ice cream, taking a photo in front of Marcel's beer advert. Um, and Ross pulls some hilariously dopey faces in his montage. Yeah, this, this is nice. It's so like ridiculously it. yeah. cheesy, but it's... It's great. I mean, I guess we could kind of have the trope of you know, Marcel replaced Carol in some way. And it's almost like, that's weird. So this kind of dopey montage of them being the best of friends is, is nice in a way they kind of sends that away. Well, I, I wonder if it's almost to, to redo the, the ending of saying goodbye to Marcel previously, which was a sad ending of like, yeah, we need to get rid of him. He's, you know, he, he can't live here anymore. And it was, 
kind of a, a, a sour way to say goodbye to him. Whereas this is like, no, we're going to say goodbye to him in a happy, positive way. Like he's going off to do more movies and have fun. And Ross is happy and he's happy and it's fine. True. Definitely. But uh, then Phoebe tells the gang after this little montage that she wants to write a song about all of this, but one of her strings is broken. And she asks Chandler if she can borrow his G-string. I mean, boom. Phoebe yep. scores again. Uh, I don't know a single guitarist, including myself, that hasn't made some sort of G-string-related guitar joke at least once. Well, it's the obvious go-to joke, isn't it's, it? It's just there. It's like everyone's yeah. done it. It's just, yeah. And then we get our little post credit scene of Joey's role in the movie, which I was really excited to see. Can't you see what's going on here? This man is dying. Uh, cut. Can't you see what's going on here? This man is dying. Uh, cut. Uh, Can't you see what's going on here? This man is dying. Uh, mommy. Uh, Can you see what's going on? This man is dead. Love it. Like, I don't know why. There's something about my sense of humor where if you repeat something for long enough, I will start laughing. Right. It doesn't have to be inherently funny in itself. You could just say, like, Blamange 50 times, and by, like, the 27th, I'm probably going to start laughing. Um, but I just said something because they keep doing it, and I keep laughing at Joey's terrible overacting. And then it's just the, the quick cut of, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he's still got to be in the movie, just as a corpse. Well, I, I want to know how he should have acted it. Like, should he have just been, like, uh, like just, just like subtle, because even that would be weird of him just like being completely silent as John Claude Van Damme says his thing, and then all of a sudden makes a noise. Like, like I don't, I don't know what he's meant to do in that acting. I guess just kind of like nothing. He's like, like uh, and just kind of be out of it, yeah. as opposed to like ah, like you're not in World War Two and your legs been shot yeah. off by a tank. I did like the grab he did on John Claude, and he just like grabs his arm and throws <laughs> it back down. Yeah. Like, was was that deliberate? Was that was John Claude annoyed that he was touched? Yeah, or was it was it acting? I mean, well, the, well, this is the only acting we kind of really get out of. Uh, JCVD. <laughs> just throwing shade at his performance. Yeah, well, yeah, like ev- everything else, he's just gone like, yeah. Like, he, he hasn't had lines as such. He's just like, oh, I like your friend. I mean... It, it's almost like him acting as himself rather than trying to be a character in this. I mean, his accent's always a thing that comes up in his movies. Yeah. Um, it makes it harder for him to kind of portray any kind of emotion. But then given the type of movies he's in, it's not something he's asked to do very so, often. Same with Arnold Schwarzenegger, isn't it? So Yeah, it's just... I mean, he has a jingle all the way. He's good in that. I love, I love a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Even his terrible stuff is, like, can be great. And all of John Claude's like big movies are he's the strong action man, beat everybody up thing. So yeah. he's, it's not like we've had to have a movie where he sits down and has a heart to heart about his dad's diagnosis of Alzheimer's. Like, no. that's not something John Claude Van Damme's asked to do. Um, probably for good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like him as an actor. Like, I like his movies. Yeah, I, it's fine. I, Inoffensive in, in yeah. a lot of ways. I sometimes I find kind of like cinema and like Hollywood kind of pretentious. And that like, oh, like this has to be highbrow entertainment. I'm like, no, it doesn't. If it's entertaining. Well, I, I love uh, a lot of the Emmerich films, like 2012 and The Day After Tomorrow and stuff, where they are just like disaster movies and a bit of overacting and stuff, but they're fun movies. Like They don't have to make sense. So, yeah, enjoyable, right? Exactly. If you like it, it's doing its job. It's entertainment at the end of the day. Yes. If, if you want a highbrow performance, you you can go find that anywhere. You can find it where you want to find it. There's no need to be down on something else because it's doing what it's intended to do. Like yep. It's not a failure as a movie if you're entertained. No, exactly. But what are you going to do? Um, but I love this. I mean, that post-credits thing is great. Most, some of them are okay. Some are average. For the most part, I think they're kind of forgettable. I, I like them. They're just like a nice exit to to the the episode generally because they they often don't really focus on what happened in the episode. They're just a nice little joke. 
Yeah, but I really like this one. It's almost like a little callback to, yeah, Joey got in the movie and now we get to see why. So yeah. I like that it kind of comes full circle and yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, Joey did get to be in the film. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Probably uncredited, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just guy on stretcher, yeah. <laughs> if that. Um, well, they say sequels always suck, Mark. But if, like most of the fan base, you watch these episodes, it's two episodes as opposed to one bump for length one. The second half is certainly the better half. Would you agree? Yeah, it's it's a weird, weird thing, isn't it? Because it's meant to be like this whole cliffhanger episode with the, the two parts it doesn't need to be like the first the first episode is a kind of nothing episode really it's basically oh you know ross finds out about marcel great that could have resolved itself in an episode yep oh he's in a film okay okay like normally when you have like a two-parter they're, they're almost like mini movies where yep. they kind of take it a bit further put a bit of money in and this one you can go okay they were on set like outside a bit more rather than than indoors and there's a bunch of celebrities in here which i think i feel in some ways we've had better celebrities in the past um i think there are better celebrities to come i don't think the celebrities have had up to this point are bigger than julia roberts but that could just be my kind yeah. of maybe, maybe more maybe more back. interesting celebrities uh so like you know we had um brooke shields like you know, licking Joey's hands like that. That was amazing. Like that, that, that whole, like her character was perfect in that. And we, I don't think we, we kind of got that in this. Like Julia Roberts had a lot of fun. Definitely. Yeah. But you know, if you had like Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah, kind of meh in this. And okay. You had Dan Castellaneta who was great in the first episode of this two-parter, but I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like the celebrities felt as kind of big as they kind of, were meant to be i mean for me a, a guest star and how you would rank it for the most part for me it's like what does the guest star give to the show or to the episode yeah. so do, well do you remember them yeah and i, I feel like even though dan castanet was great i don't think he's a character people will think about i mean I'd, unfortunately for him as an actor i don't think he's he's in the same bracket as brooke shields or julia Roberts or john claude van damme yeah. because he's most known role is one that you never see his face. Yes. You know, it's, it's the Simpsons. So you're not going to, unless you're a big Simpsons fan or know who he is, you're not going to see him on a street and be like, oh my God. Um, whereas if you see Judah Roberts, you will. Yeah. Um, I, I agree in the sense that Brooke Shields definitely gave more to the show. Like she wasn't concerned with being, I'm Brooke Shields, aren't I amazing? Let me be in your TV show. She went full in <laughs> yes. licking Matt Blank's yeah. hand. And I guess that's how... I mean, it could be a Patreon episode where we rank the guest stars. Um, but she's definitely up there, I guess. Julia Roberts was a lot of fun and it's very memorable. Yep. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that scene, the whole bathroom scene is definitely up there. Yeah, and I mean, the performance is great. Like when she's explaining why she's doing what she's doing and she, it's like broken English. It's like, like 20 years, skirt, people laugh. Like the way she's saying it, you kind of get the sense that like it, it means still means something to yeah. her and I think she's great. And then when you compare those to Jean-Claude Van Damme, who is very much like freesome, He's dying, and that's yeah, what you yeah, kind of yeah, get yeah. out of him. You're like, yeah, I don't. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of weird how they hype this one up as the the big episode because the story just isn't all that interesting. You could no. have you could have condensed it. And I know reading like some reviews of the time, they were like, oh, this is like a C rank episode. There's there's maybe too many celebrities here that are kind of sparsely used because of the the runtime, with all the six friends as well. Like you, I guess the the, the nearest comparison to this would be like the London episodes. Like that is a a feature, yeah. And this doesn't feel anything like that, and it doesn't even feel as good as like a, a an average episode. So I think if you look at the whole episode as one piece, yeah. I would agree. If you look at it in two halves, I think the second half is a great episode. Yes, um, it, it has a poor start. 
yeah, the first episode to the first half to me feels like an opening scene that dragged out for 22 minutes. Yeah. And then we got the actual episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a weird episode. It's weird they made it a Super Bowl episode. I, I don't think it's strong enough. And certainly, as we discussed earlier, like if you had never seen Friends before and you put this on, it doesn't even have like the Friends feel. Like the, the characters don't really act like themselves too much. Like Chandler isn't super funny all the time in this. No. Phoebe's Phoebe. That's fine. Ross is just whiny guy with a monkey. That's basically, I guess. Ross. <laughs> well, 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 sort of right, but but you're like, why's that guy got a monkey? I I don't get why he's got a monkey. That's odd. Uh, Rachel, nothing really happens with her. Well, think, Monica, nothing really happens. She's she's actually probably pretty horrible in this. From a production standpoint, I think the issue you've got is if if you're like, right, we've got X amount of viewers and we're going to try and use the Super Bowl to get more. You can't. None of the episode can really have anything that. For the calls back to anything important, no, like no. it calls back to Marcel, fair enough, but it's not particularly a huge part of Friends as much. Well, yeah, as you, like you couldn't have a Ross and Rachel moment in this because it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, right? they've, they've got the the new people watching have got no context, so they won't care. Um, you can't have like a heart to heart Phoebe and Ursula discussion about their mum. You can't have you know the one with Phoebe's dad type thing. No. So it has to be a kind of safe self-contained episode that doesn't have any hangover to it but that, is... that, I, I guess what i'm saying is they have done much better obviously later on yeah and it's a shame that the this one isn't as good as those kind of cliffhanger episodes this is the part of the podcast where i wish i'd done more research and i'm like did friends viewing figures pick up after this episode and if so how much was related to people going what's this show i've just seen after the super bowl well, maybe that's uh, some research we'll do for yeah. the next episode I'm, i mean i'm going to take a guess and say no um, I don't particularly feel like the Super Bowl audience necessarily would be the same audience as a sitcom. They're, they're two like, sports and sitcoms aren't similar properties. And no. and, I mean, and it obviously on just one channel. Yeah. And Super Bowl can be on many channels, right? Exactly. I feel like if you're choosing to watch the Super Bowl on is it NBC, ABC, wherever it yeah. is, you're, if you're on that network already, you probably know what Friends is. So I don't know how many new eyes would have been on Friends because you're already on that network. Well, Friends was also building up as well at this point. Like, I, I feel like the peak was season four. Like, the London episodes is where, like, you, you were into Friends now at this point. So I, I think, I would assume viewing numbers either stayed well or went up at this point. But yeah, it wouldn't have been a bump like, oh, we've got, you know, another 50 million people now watching. Yeah. And they're watching every single week. It, it would have been probably a slight blip and getting more people in. But as a as a first-time viewing, I'd, this wouldn't have done anything for me. Uh. Uh, you know, I think, well, I don't know, I'm pretty, I tend to not judge anything on one episode. So if I, if, yeah. if friends, if this bit made me laugh, which obviously it does, I probably would have gone, oh, I don't know what that show is, but I'll start watching it. I think the issue would have been the time it aired in the sense of how technology was at the time. Yeah. Because if you wanted, you're in the middle of season two of Friends and you watch an episode you like, right, how do I watch the rest of this show? I can't. I've yeah. got to wait for a DVD release or hope they do reruns or it would have been really difficult to start again from friends you, you could have bought the vhs's <laughs> yeah i i don't think it would have been more difficult to get back into or into a tv show from the middle i don't think i would have probably carried on if it wasn't easy to watch the rest no. if you were to show me like i've shown people episodes of tv shows before and they've gone oh that's great and then like for instance buffy and it's like there's the cliche list of like hush yeah. and once more we're feeling and like some of those episodes where people go oh i'll watch that and if they like it you just go and stream season one to seven and you're Start all the done. Beginning, yeah. But if I had to watch it terrestrially on, you know, when it aired, I don't know how easy it would have been to get me into the show given that I'd look at it and go, oh, mid-season two, I've missed too much mm. to start. Yeah, it's, it's a weird episode. I, I think in the, the rankings, if we had a ranking, which maybe we'll do one day, one day. it's going to be 
difficult. I mean, yeah, I probably wouldn't rank every episode of the show. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, but, but if you did the rank, I think this would be on the, the lower end. It's it's not a standout episode. It has it has its moments. Yeah, I think as an episode, meh, overall. As if I'm making a Fever Buffet highlight reel, it's most of this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's quite interesting how they've had a lot of the, the celebrities in there now. And definitely we're, we're going somewhere with Friends as a franchise at this point. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if, if you're getting the, the slot after the Super Bowl on any network in America, your show's kind of set, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, oh well, I, I think Friends was set from day one. Like, it it had, you know, the, the money put into it from the start and everything else going on. Like, I think by this point, yeah, Friends is, yeah. is stupidly popular, isn't it? I meant more from, like, a cultural point than a production one. Like, I feel like the network had faith in the show from the off. But, I mean, well, I got the time slot, but culturally, like, following the Super Bowl, it's such a gigantic event. I mean, in terms of the, its importance to American culture, like, obviously in England, the closest sporting event we would have domestically would be the FA Cup final. Well, I would have said, well, yeah, I would have said the World Cup, but, yeah, same, same thing. I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of people worldwide watch Super Bowl, and I guess a lot worldwide watch the FA Cup, but the FA Cup, people watch and like, so it was like, oh, your episode of your TV show is going to follow the FA Cup. That'd be a pretty big deal, but nowhere near as big as following the Super Bowl. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back with probably one of the best episodes next week. The one with the prom. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, the, like if that had appeared after the Super Bowl, yeah, it, it probably has a lot of baggage in that you need to know the characters a bit more, but it's way funnier than, than this has been. Uh, it is definitely. Uh, is it? Because I think a lot of the comedy is context dependent. You need you need to have yes, that relationship yes, already yes. to find it. So, if I'm ranking it as as a long time Friends fan, is it funnier than this episode? Definitely. If I'm coming in fresh, and uh, like my mum, for instance, doesn't like Friends, she calls it that American rubbish. Right. Um, if I was going to try and convince my mum to watch Friends, put an episode on, I don't think I'd put on the one with the prom. I could understand that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be like a a couple episodes in once people know the characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess this is goodbye to Marcel forever. Yeah, um, we, we we hear about him, we never see him again. Yeah. Which I imagine is a delight to David Schwimmer, as we know. He yeah, wasn't uh, yeah. overly fond of working with the monkey from what he said in the reunion. No, but that's fair. I mean, just because we like the character doesn't mean you have to like your day job. And and I think we we get rid of a lot of the the holdovers from season one now, and from now on it moves into its its own thing in a sense. So like season one has always felt a little bit different to the others. Yeah. Uh, and certainly Marcel was like a key part of that weirdness. True. And, and now he's gone, I think, yeah, we move on and the show takes on its its ultimate form in some ways. I think the best way I'd describe it would be season one feels like it's a show about people. And then post season four onwards is a show about the characters. Yeah. And you can relate to the characters, but I think it's, it feels a bit more generic in season one. Whereas from now on, the, who the characters are so set in stone so early and so well that once they kind of get past the, we need to prove ourselves and they're the writers and the production are feeling themselves, they go all in on it yeah. and it just becomes amazing. Yeah, definitely. Probably the reason why we're here. I guess that's the, the end of the episode then, yeah? yeah? So there's another good one in the can. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know what, what our audience thinks of, of this. No, I, I would probably say that opinion on this episode is fairly similar. I reckon they'll be with us. Uh, but let us know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you oh. love John Claude's acting and think that you should have been given an Emmy for this performance. <laughs> <laughs> tell us why. Or, or maybe there's a, you know, tell us what you think of Time Cop. Is Time Cop worth a view in? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it definitely, best, definitely is Bloodsport or Universal Soldier, to be fair. I remember Universal Sh- Soldier, definitely. Yeah. But still, he's not the John Claude. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's probably the only time we'll get to talk about him, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs>
We're like, we have our It's My Joke clip. We need a drunk Lord clip now. So every time we feel like bringing him up, we can just press it. Yeah. <laughs> Freesome. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. <laughs> like, just so you know, when we ask you to back our Patreon, Superkin got an extra guest. That's not what we mean. <laughs> yeah. we, we want them here for their friends' input. Yeah, we, we, we need some people to join us on our Patreon. We do have interesting content there, don't we? We do. We, we, should, we need to do some more this month. Yeah. But what are we going to do? Uh, we will definitely doing Joey episode two. We shall. Um, we've got a couple of others that we, we've, we've got kind of written down, some ideas. Yeah, the best way to find out is to join the Patreon. Yeah. And we, we want people to also be a part of it and tell us what you want to hear from our extra ramblings, I guess. Yeah. Join the Watching Friends community and you know, help us out. Now, this is where I always ask you, what other social? <laughs> yeah, but obviously this is your episode, so you're probably going to ask me and be like, yes, I don't have to remember. Mark, naturally, I already know this, but just to test you, <laughs> right. what other socials? <laughs> well, they can write to us using the contact form at watchingfriends.com. Like, tell us what you think of the episode. We will read them out in a future episode, what your thoughts are. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at WatchFriendsPod, where you can find it when we upload new episodes. And Ryan is meant to be uploading memes and stuff there from friends, but I don't think you've done that for a little bit. No, I don't. You, you've been too busy. Oh, yeah, like life got hectic. And you can also find us on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash watching friends, where you can chuck us some money and you can get some exclusive content. So we are going through Joey season one at the moment, just in the same style as we do this. Uh, so if you're, if you're a fan of, fan of friends, uh, yeah, why aren't you a friend of, fan of Joey? I mean, I feel like that question kind of answers itself, but, <laughs> but we'll go into it in more detail. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we, we have, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because it's, it's probably a show that not many people have ever talked about as well. Like Friends, there's, there's other podcasts out there that talk about Friends and books. We, we've seen some interesting books, haven't we, lately come out? We have. Well, so you've, you've got uh, Matt, Matthew Perry is uh, releasing a book later on this year all about wait. his life. Again, it's going to be very interesting. And in my research of that, uh, I found some Matthew Perry uh, colouring books yeah, <laughs> uh, and some other books about his life that were written by people that weren't him that seemed quite interesting. Oh, I found a Matthew Perry notepad. Really? So, so yeah, you can write in Matthew Perry themed notepad every day. Okay. <laughs> There's some weird stuff out there. Yeah, I, I think we, we will definitely be covering merch uh, in the future on a Patreon episode as well. So yeah, uh, chuck us a couple of bucks, a couple of quid. Uh, we want to afford a third guest. Do. Um, I think that'd be interesting to have a different opinion on, on board. Who knows? It could be John claude Van Damme. It could be Drew Barrymore. We, we don't know. Yeah, we want to spend some money on Cameo as well with, with some of the people. So if he's on Cameo, we'll get him on <laughs> talk about friends. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode before no, he does no, it. No. But yeah, help us out. It'll be great Definitely. for the support. We'd appreciate it greatly. I guess you need to say goodbye then, don't you? Yeah. This is your episode. You're, you're hosting it. It is. It's my. Well, I don't want to go. I have such a nice time and chat about friends. Like, why do they have to end? Uh, because people stop listening. So that will be why. Well, they can find us next week, can't they? They can. See you next week. Uh, it's Cheerio from me. Goodbye. <laughs>